0: Friday, June the 23rd, 2023. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of That's What G Said Podcast. Kind of a a calm week in the, uh, the world of sports as I'm recording this on Thursday evening. So the NBA draft is happening right now. Next week, we'll do an NBA draft recap and we'll talk about some of the trades that have been happening. Bradley Beal moving, Chris Paul moving, stuff happening all over. We'll have Eric talk about that next week. Because we'll have a little bit more information about what went down on the draft. But on this episode, it'll be a lot of horse racing. Belmont, Saturday. Saturday, Thistle Down. It's the Ohio Derby. And they have an all-stakes pick four on Saturday at Thistledown. So we're going to talk about that. We'll give you a Saturday, Sunday, and Monday best bets for Louisiana Downs. And then we'll finish up with Chad Cooper this week in wrestling. Lots to talk about: AEW Collision, AEW Dynamite, CM Punk is back, Forbidden Door, Daniel Bryan, Danielson, Okada, Omega versus Osprey. Then we get over to WWE. We talk about everything happening on Raw, on SmackDown, and the road to Money in the Bank. NXT Seth Rollins goes down to NXT on Tuesday. We hit on all of it here on That's What G Said podcast. But first. We talk horse racing. Let's dive into the world of the ponies. Mm-hmm. Horse racing fans, many of us have been using the DRF, the daily racing form, for years, studying the races, keeping up to date on news with all the articles. I remember looking for a copy at the local liquor store or picking one up at the local racetrack, wherever I was going. Now it's even easier and cheaper than ever to use DRF with DRF.com and the newly optimized DRF mobile. You can get all the tracks that you want to bet and handicap. Past performances that are mobile optimized for on-the-go handicapping on your phone. So you go to DRF.com from your mobile device, no additional cost. Tap the calendar icon on the top left. It opens all of the options for past performances and for the tools that are available. One click to bet now and DRF bets, get real time odds and scratches on race day. You can tap on any horse, and you get those same DRF past performances that you're familiar with with a larger font for your mobile display. One click to formulator for charts For replays if you get the formulator version And even on the classic past performances You get the home screen with horses With odds, with buyers You get a lifetime buyer speed figure graph You can rotate your phone for the best view And any horse that you click on You'll see the running lines You can easily move from horse to horse The same data as those traditional classic DRF past performances You get an interactive format Which is Very similar to the DRF classic version that you're used to on the desktop Every card includes live data updated instantly with those scratches And so you get the accessibility from desktop to phone Cross device functionality You can take your notes and save them from one device to the next And then access your account on any of your devices On the go handicapping and wagering To see come true but no 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 stable duel. download the stable duel app and play today join us every week friday morning 10 o'clock a.m eastern time on twitter at stable duel or if you follow me it's me gino b it'll stream live right there to you to help you out best bets with uh myself, Barry Spears, Matt DeSantis and we'll give you all the information for every weekend, what are the contests because these are daily horse racing contests and they're in a DFS style format, you build your lineup based on a salary cap, so you just can't pick the the favorite each and every race, and I'm going to give you a little bonus coverage this week, there's a free contest on Friday at the Meadows totally free, harness racing on Friday night at the Meadows, you can win cash prizes, I'm going to give you three horses to use in your lineup Race two on Friday at the Meadows. The number four, Ponda Luck. Flashed some early speed from the inside in her last start and had to take back a little bit to third. Wanted to go um, and got shuffled back. I think they're going to be more aggressive in here. Um, Ended up getting shuffled to fourth. Had nowhere to go. Ponda Luck expecting an aggressive drive. The four in race number two, seven to one on the morning line. In the fifth race, I'm looking at Scuba Dan, not Scuba Steve. He's 5-1 to one on the morning line. He gets the inside draw. Pallone jumps on, and he catches a field without a ton of early speed. I think they're going to get aggressive and be forwardly placed in here. The one, Scuba Dan. In race number 10, I'm looking at the five, Keystone Chaos. He has some speed, but he can also sit. He's shown the ability to close and pass horses. This is a horse who's been the runner-up in three of the last five, who's in very good form, and missed a week, was off from June 2nd to June 15th. Now is back in a regular rotation, should be a little more fit. The number five at 5-1 in race 10 on Friday at the Meadows. How about that? A little Meadows action. It's Keystone Chaos. Three plays for you in your stable dual lineups. That's for Friday. But we've got a lot of action for Saturday and Sunday and Monday. Now, I recorded these using video and I posted them on social media. If you follow me on Twitter, if you are uh, subscribed to my YouTube channel, you can see them there where I go through the past performances. So if it ever sounds like I'm talking about something I'm watching, that's why. And you can actually watch along with me if you prefer that format here I will always post the audio on the podcast for you too. So let's turn the page from Friday to Saturday. As we do, want to say hello to one of the longtime sponsors of That's What G Said podcast, Cindy Carava, full service realtor, Cindy Carava, She can help you out with buying, with selling, with leasing. She can connect you to the right type of lenders if you need help with uh, the loan process. If you're Interested in home improvement She can connect you with the right type of vendors Like painters and landscapers Gardeners, all sorts of folks that she's worked with And has experience working with Her website C-I-N-D-Y-C-A-R-A-V-A Dot com CindyCarava.com Let's move to Saturday First up, let's go to Belmont Park We'll talk about the late pick 5 on Saturday Races 6-10 through Saturday, Belmont Park Kick back and enjoy park. Let's take a look at the late pick five sequence for Saturday, June, the 24th. Thanks so much for tuning in, hanging out with us. I've been posting a lot more of these videos where we dive into the daily racing form past performances. I always love looking at the formulator style past performances. They make it so easy for us to handicap and they give me a lot of the tools that I need, the stuff that I'm looking for when I handicap the races. So DRF.com, daily racing form for the past performances. At the end of this video, I'll show you how you can get those for free with a DRF bets account. Let's take a look at the late pick five. For Saturday, it kicks off with the stakes race, the Wild Applause, $150,000 stakes, the conditions for three-year-old fillies going a mile on the turf course. The horses that are on my radar for sure. Now, just from a starting point, the eight's the horse to beat, breath away, I thought she got a pretty good split. She moved right to the lead. Absolutely no excuses. She finished second that day as the beaten favorite in the hilltop last time out. I mean, she's the horse they'll have to beat. I like a, a few others more just based on their their price. And in looking at this race, who's going to the lead? And, uh, let's go inside out. Probably not Violet Gibson. Tax implications isn't fast. Liguria is not fast. I'm just kidding. Some tactical speed Cecile is not very fast Last time out wasn't, I think she's actually a little bit She has a little more tactical speed Than it may look like based on that last effort I feel like of the major Contenders, as we scroll Through, that it's a really good spot For Soviet excess I don't know how good she is, we have no idea How tough the fields that she beat Are in her last couple races One of them on the synthetic, one of them on the turf But, she has some speed She can sit off and pass horses. We know that for sure. And by process of elimination, she might just be on the lead in here. So I'm going to give her a a shot and use her in the pick five and in in all exotics because we know she can get this trip. She's one of the the few with proven speed, proven going long on the turf. It just comes down to, you know, how good is she? Can she compete with some of the best in here? Liguria will also be on the ticket for me. She was a close-up third last time out. And in that race at Churchill, the Edgewood, there was no passing. Heavenly Sunday went wire to wire mission of joy, had a trouble trip and then came back to win next time out. And Liguria was bottled up. Um, really was sitting behind the leaders at the top of the lane. And she just got pinned down inside and just could not get off the rail. Never got a chance to run did Liguria that day. So she's in the mix for me also in here. The five Celine would be the price horse. I'm uh, Cecile, excuse me. The first two were sprinting on the dirt and they were tough in tough races too. You can take one click and look at the charts behind dazzling blue who comes back to win the, the next two as a stakes winner. And then in career start, number two finishes behind punch bowl. And this was a very live race. Not only punch bowl came back to win the next start. We had four, including Cecile five next out winners punch bowl who came back to win and then was second in the Ashland unsung Melody who came back to win next time out and sacred wish who was a runner-up at Belmont last weekend and we've seen pop-up in a couple of graded stakes was second in the Gulfstream Park Oaks so I think you no know, she's she was really impressive in her first start on the turf she had a brutal start she gets bumped she gets squeezed she's last 10 lengths off at the top of the lane she's still last. She tips two from the outside. She starts to fly. She's sort of lugging in, but as soon as she gets straightened out, she just inhales the field. It was really impressive. So the the concern is if she gets away slowly again, she may have a little too much to do. If she's able to show a little bit more of that positional speed, like we saw in her sprint races, it could be a whole different ballgame. So I thought the five, the six, and the three all would present us better value than the eight. Who is the horse to beat breath away? But we'll uh, we'll look for some others in here, perhaps a bit more upside as we turn the page to race number seven, a mile and a 16th claimer. It's a $16,000 claimer. There's just not that much proven speed in this race. I'm going to give Truculent another shot. So let's take a look at this race. Last time out that Truculent was in, in higher quality, actually beat Truculent. Truculent's the five in here. Higher quality is the two. Yes. So we're watching the two and the five in particular. Let's watch the five as I'm talking about truculent because he had a fine start. Like he's right with the leaders here, but doesn't really want to get into that battle. So it's fine. Just sitting right behind the leaders in third. And you feel like you're going to be in a pretty good spot down on the inside. Now, keep in mind, When the race starts, he's right with the leaders just behind the fastest. And then he chooses to sit inside third, truculent. But watch how far he ends up getting shuffled back here. Keeps getting shuffled. Keeps getting shuffled. And now instead of being right behind the leaders, he's lost like two, maybe three lengths of positioning. And this is on a muddy track where he's now going to have to alter course and angle around. So the two higher quality, that's the horse who wins. And that's the horse who's blowing right by truculent because truculent has to back up and then shift to the outside and angle around. So that's honestly like the, dif- the difference in winning. And because the margin is like six lengths, you may look at it differently, but some of that is because of the, the off track as well, the muddy track, but got the shuffle on a muddy track and I think he's just faster than higher quality. Naturally, he got shuffled back here, so it doesn't look like on on paper he may be as quick. But all of his other races prior to this, he's right on the lead, and now he's going to go second start off the short little break. I feel like he's the one to catch. He's a lot faster than Blake B. Grump's Little Tots is a stone cold closer. Jalen Journey is the real wild card. Feel like he'll be more forwardly placed, stretching back out, and then you have higher quality who's in. Who's in really nice form right now. He's hard to leave out of like late pick fours and late pick fives. He's won at, um, you know, he's one on the lead. He's one sitting just off. He's won at about four, four lengths off or so he's proven at Belmont. He's lightly raced with some upside. So there's lots of positives there. So I'm going to probably use the two that came out of that same race as the key horses for me, truculent and higher quality. I prefer truculent just a little bit of a better price. And I think he, they'll get aggressive with him. And the wild card for me would be the five. Jalen Journey, who's 0 for the last 16, but 15 of those races were against better. Dropped down to 12-5 last time out, finished third. Kind of outrun a little bit early. Did make a four-wide move up the challenge and finished third that day. I guess I'm just not as high on the two closers, the deeper closers that come out of that 12-5 race on June the 3rd. So that would be the Grumps Little Tots and Cool Quartet race. It's not sure if they're going to get the type of trips they need in this race, where they don't seem quite as fast as a few of the others in this smaller field. So, lots of uh, yeah, two, twos and sixes for me. Wild card of the five, Jalen Journey. Let's keep moving along to race number eight. This one's a first level allowance, going a mile and a quarter on the turf. These are three year olds and up. The one so high is getting some major class relief. You have a lot of horses in this field that have that don't have the best of recent form, though. He's 0 for his last 11. Now, most of those have been in spots where he has better speed figures than the rest of this group, and a lot of the times, if he runs those same races, he'll win the race on Saturday. Kind of tough, though, when you have a horse like this who's always a big price, and now he's going to be 5-2. to Do you really want to count on him at that short of a price? If he wins, sure. He's in the mix, i started i started eliminating horses there's just a lot of horses i didn't love in their current form i wasn't too big of a fan of the two or the three all that much i was trying to get to the three i like i want to like him a little bit more he would be one of the maybe fringe horses for me couldn't really get to the four or the five i was trying so we have the you know the the two hold the sauce is oh for the last 12 fighter in the win is oh for the last eight basso is oh for the last 21 and then you get to a couple horses who are just in, in solid form right now. They seem like they have some upside, both of the Linda rice horses back to back, I think are going to be really tough in here. They're probably not going to offer you all that much value, but if we try to beat a couple of short prices in the, uh, in the previous races, then here we could maybe use the six Royal spirit. What's tough about him. I mean, he did get a perfect trip last time out, but he has the kind of running style where he can work that sort of trip out for himself. He it was it was a determined win though He did have to get by a stubborn pace setter And hold off a few others that were not not far behind The seven visually looks like he's in really nice form And it sort of like the light bulb went back on for him Once he moved back to the turf Broke his maiden two starts back at the maiden $40,000 level And then in a 50 starter allowance It was really impressive He was taken back he settled seventh of nine He got to the rail about six lengths off. He started the move just before the top of the lane, tipped out five wide. It was like a big, sustained rally. And you just sort of compare how good he looked in that race to how off form a lot of the others in here are. I wouldn't be shocked if the seven gets really bet hard. Because visually he just he looked so good compared to the rest of these six and sevens for me. As we move to the ninth race, not the real Strongest opinion in here, but just a a few things to mention uh, on a couple of horses. We'll see, you know, Venti Valentine making her return um, on May the 29th. That was her first start as a four-year-old. Didn't show that she had stepped forward. I don't know if this is a fantastic spot for her. From a class standpoint, she's probably better than the rest of this group. But she's got the inside draw right next door. Gerrymander is quick. Right to the outside, Icy stair down is quick. Even a horse like, you know, sweet Wilhelmina could flash a little speed, stretching out, you know, stretching back out from a sprint race, which is, you know, going to be helpful for her, most likely. So I just I couldn't really get the good feel for this race. Gerrymander, she's a four-year-old now, and her four-year-old races, you haven't really seen the progression. That you would have liked. She was in the ruffian last time out behind Pasta Champagne. Idiomatic was second in that race, and then Idiomatic came back to win next start after that, earned 102 buyer and winning the Shawnee. Now we can probably be a little forgiving, and you know, gerrymander can sit off the pace a little bit. But if you eliminate that one race where she earned the big buyer, a lot of her other races aren't nearly that good. So at 8-5, to I don't know if she's an overwhelming favorite in here. Kind of landed on the 5 as a total wild card. In her last start, she she was a step slow. She was last to 5. She moved in between horses up to 3rd. She was really ranked, though. She just wanted to go. It was her first start in five months. She couldn't get settled. And in the top two, just separated. But she did break her maiden here at Belmont. She's going to go second start off the bench. I'm just going to give her a, a little bit of a look. I'm definitely going to use her in some exotics. I wanted to like movie Moxie more. She's just two for her last 21. And those two wins came in small fields when she got a perfect trip. Maybe maybe that happens again here, though. Maybe she just sits close up from the outside and can get a good trip here. I don't, I don't really love anyone. And that's why I end up sort of on the five is because in a race where you don't love anyone, well, yeah, use the price horses if you feel like they all have a shot or you can really make cases against all of them, the five will be in the mix for me. Four will be in the mix for me. I'm just, I'm a little cold on the, you know, on the shorter prices here. So just trying to figure out exactly how I'm going to approach this race from a pick four or pick five standpoint, but I'll be using the, uh, the bigger prices in here for sure. Let's close things out in race. Number 10, we have a New York bread $40,000 claiming race for fillies and mares, three-year-olds, and up, sprinting six furlongs on the turf. I like Pasiliquent a little bit here. That's the number two. She's been on the turf twice, and she's definitely perked up in her two races on the turf. They were both at this level. April the 22nd, she finished third. And then last time out, let's watch this race on May the 18th. So she was the number two. In that race, she did face a couple of other rivals that were also in there, like the like Dance With Me, Babe. But we're going to focus on the number two's trip in here. So this is just her second start on the grass. You can see her down on the inside. She's not too far out of it, maybe about four, five lengths, but she is behind a lot of horses. So she's from one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, down on the inside. And you can see... She's just going to be in a bad spot now because there are a lot of horses in front of her and she's just at the mercy of what happens. She needs room. She starts to get into a nice stride here and she's traveling well, but she's behind the five. You can see, and she's pinned in with horses to her outside. horses behind her, so she can't back up and go around and she's just waiting in front of her for the five to move. Waiting, 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 pasiloquent, which means rare and just nowhere to go sitting down in the fourth flight. You can see her in the green cap, trying to find some room, uh, or behind the green cap, excuse me, with the white cap, and here comes Pasiliquint now, in in between horses, finds a seam, trying to alter course now, kind of like looking for where is the best way to go. Even here, you can see the two full of run, and things just get a little bit tight late, wasn't able to find a seam. I love that late energy, and I just really have enjoyed seeing how well She has performed in her two races on the turf. I think she's a great fit here. Pasiliquin. Now, the the one who also is intriguing is the seven lakeside getaway who's going to drop in class. She's been facing better maiden special weights at Gulfstream and the New York bred maiden special weights here. Feels like she might have been in a little too tough. And at the six furlongs where she'll cut back, she should be a little fitter. And she's shown that she wants to be forwardly placed. I think it's a great spot for the seven lakeside getaway. So those will be the two that I'm building a lot around, the two and the seven. Paciloquent lakeside getaway. You want to go a little deeper. I mean, the 12's a player, no doubt about it. She's not fast early. That scares me a little bit. She could be coming from way out of it. She ran well last time. She was third. It was against Open Company. And now back in with New York Bread. So that's a, a class drop. She'll need a little help up front, though. Others that are you know at least worth mentioning or taking a look at people probably be using in pick fours. The three, four, and five. The three dance with me, babe. No surprise. Showed good speed and uh couldn't hold on last time out. The four Mo De Morning Grouch changes Barnes. Could see this one. The race at Saratoga was really solid. And the first couple races were good. There are quality races in here. Can we toss the last the last two and maybe she goes second start off the bench and she can get back to some of these better races? And uh, the five purest performance. We'll add the blinks. Source was not beaten a whole heck of a lot in that race behind Dance with Me Babe and Pasiliquent. Two seven as the key horses for me at uh, Belmont Park on Saturday. Best of luck if you're playing the races at Belmont on Saturday. Wanted to encourage anyone who likes the look of these past performances. They are a a ton of fun to dive into. And they're very easy for you to handicap and for you to navigate. Here is how you can get these for free. If you sign up for a DRF bets account, they have a great promotion. Use the promo code WINNING and follow the steps. Promo code WINNING gets you a $10 free bet right when you register. Deposit exactly $250 they'll give you a 250 matching bonus. Boom. All of a sudden you've got 510 in your bankroll and you only deposited 250. They'll also load you up with 10 free formulator cards, what we're looking at right there. So for a different date, and then every time you bet 50 bucks, you get another card. So that way, the more you're betting, you're not going to have to pay for your past performances. So if you play the races a lot, even if you don't play that much, you will be able to stack up credit for these past performances. You'll be able to get DRF formulator for free Good luck this weekend playing the races Over at Belmont Park Let's move from Saturday at Belmont Park Over to Saturday at Thistledown. In race number 9 They have an all stakes pick 4 That starts and it ends With the grade 3 Ohio Derby Two fills the runner up from the Kentucky Derby He's the headliner in there You'll also see Bishop's Bay Who was second in the Peter Pan Behind Arcangelo who came back To win the Belmont so good field lined up for the Ohio Derby. That's the last race in this pick four sequence that we're going to talk about. Races nine through 12 at Thistle Down for Saturday, Ohio Derby Day. It's a big Saturday over at Thistle Down and we will see the runner up from the Kentucky Derby to Phil's in the Ohio Derby, which is going to go as your feature. It's going to go as race number 12 on Saturday, June the 24th. I'm looking at the daily racing form past performances. I'm about to dive into an all stakes pick four at Thistle Down. It's a big day. They have four stakes races, and they're all going to be in that pick four sequence. That late pick four has a 15% low takeout, so nice takeout. Let's dive on in and take a look at these daily racing form past performances. At the end, I'll show you how you can get these past performances for free. If you're someone who likes to use DRF and you play in the races, you wager, if you don't have a DRF bets account, you need to go sign up for one right now because you can actually get these past performances when you wager through DRF bets. Let's dive into this pick four sequence. Let's start with race number nine on Saturday. Now, the horse uh, to beat is Trojan Tail. He's in excellent form right now. What's intriguing about this race, though, the five and the six are both Mike Maker runners, and they both seem like they would want to be forwardly placed in here. Trojan Tail. He's a little more tactical than his running lines might look. He can sit off fine. I'd imagine that, that hey, Eugene wants to be pretty close to it, though he's going to be stretching out from sprint races, and he was really good breaking his maiden when just right on the pace at Oakland Park. So I'm curious what will happen between the two of them. The one that I think could offer us some nice value is Paint the Town, the number three. He did not do a whole lot wrong in the first five starts of his career that were all sprinting on the dirt. Then he tried the turf on June the 2nd, and it was his, also his first start going long. He didn't run all that poorly. He got bumped a bit at the start. He was maybe three deep out of four going into the turn. He settled two lengths off. He stayed inside the top of the lane, just a little bit flat late. He was passed for third. But now he's going to get back to the dirt. He's proven at Down over this course. It's going to be his second start going long. And keep in mind, him and Trojan Tail were separated by a neck on May the 5th, and you may get a lot better value here on Paint the Town as a horse to use in uh, in late pick four sequences there. So Paint the Town could give you some value there at five to one to kick off that late pick four. The five, hey, Eugene, to me, kind of the wild card. The six looks like the horse to beat in race number nine. Moving along to race number 10. This is the George Lewis Memorial. Mile in a 16th for three-year-olds and up Ohio breds. I thought the 10 to the outside was interesting. I'll I'll be using combinations of four, eight, and 10. Now the four, just kind of quick stop along the way, Shanghai Prince, probably the speed of the speed. I think if anyone can steal this race, it's this guy who's stretching out from sprint races where he was right on the lead, and now he'll be going a mile in a 16th. No idea how far he'll take them, but if anyone can get brave and and just sneak away and outrun this field, it would be the four Shanghai Prince. The eight to me is the measuring stick for this field. That's big truck. He's the horse to beat. He's super honest, pretty versatile, he really shows up most times with a good effort. So I feel like he's the horse that they'll all have to worry about most. Uh, the one that might be really intriguing from a, a gambling standpoint is the 10 Dane field. So his last start, he got bumped a bit at the, at the start, kind of bumped around on both sides. And then he was chasing lone speed in that race. So it was just his second start back. Now he's going to make the third start off the long layoff. He's had a lot of, of layoff lines. If you'll notice, you know, back from July of 2021, and then he was off a few months, September of 2021, was off till May of 22. Came back, had one race, was off a couple months, one race in August, then off all the way to 2023. So now he's just sort of getting that fitness level built back up. Um, I think he's interesting in here, getting back to the dirt, getting back to thistle down uh track where he's run well, he's had success. And I could imagine him being forwardly placed in this spot, maybe kind of sitting a nice trip from the outside. I'm gonna give Danefield a big look along with the four and the eight. Um, is it this is a, a tough race, a difficult race? Wasn't exactly sure what to do with the nine here. Romantic cowboy tens, eights, and fours for me in race number 10. As we move along to race number 11, it is the third of the four leg pick four. And in this race, we're going to see Interstate Daydream that will likely take a, a bulk of money. She is a graded stakes winner, multiple graded stakes winner, your black-eyed Susan winner from last year. I just don't know if, if she's progressed all that much at four. Let's take a look at Interstate Daydream just to start here. And she is really honest, and there's no not real knocking her. She won last time out at Pimlico on May the 19th. But you're just just looking at her speed figures she hasn't progressed as she's gotten older. She was running faster races based on speed figures last year. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little cold on her. I mean, she's not going to shock me if she wins. I just, I thought the six was interesting in here. I'm trying to build a lot of exotics around 63 caliber. I liked her effort last time out in the Shawnee. She was chasing idiomatic in that race. And if like, let's just look at her form overall. Now she's another one who who has had a lot of recent gaps in, in racing. And I think that she's putting three starts together. Now she's only making, this will just be her fourth start as a four-year-old. She is really looking like she's heading in the right direction. Can she take one step forward from that race? We can eliminate the La Troye. And that was a tough field. She's behind play hard secret oath and search results. And that's her first start off of like a four month layoff. I think we can probably eliminate the race on the muddy track at Sam Houston. She just didn't really fire that day. Didn't seem like she really loved the track. And can we eliminate those two in the middle? Take out the La Troienne, take out the, the race at Sam Houston. Now look at that form. All of a sudden we see like ascending speed figures from the Indiana Oaks to the next race at Indy, to the Churchill Stakes, to the Comely. Skip those next two and then the Shawnee. I like the trajectory of 63 caliber here. Moved up to second to challenge, just couldn't get to the gate-to-wire winner idiomatic last time out. No shame in not able to get by a wire-to-wire winner. So, yeah, you know, looking at this race, it's a a big field, but I'm going to try to build a lot around the six. The four is kind of interesting to me, just picking up some pieces late, consistent, but I couldn't really find others that I loved in here. So we'll, we'll, uh, we'll key a lot around the six sixty three caliber as we move to the Ohio Derby, the, the Ohio Derby came up very strong this year with your runner up from your Kentucky Derby Two fills. What a great race. He ran in the Derby sitting a nice trip, moved early, was close to a really fast pace and almost pulls it off. Really impressive race from two fills. He is legit. I think he proved that that speed figure at Turfway was no fluke. He's had plenty of time since the Derby to recover. I think he makes a lot of sense. I don't really have any knocks on him. I do have another horse who I think is moving in the right direction. And yeah, he's definitely going to have to step up to beat a horse like two fills or even Bishop's Bay, who we have to mention Bishop's Bay because he wins his first two races. And in his third race, he loses in a stretch battle to Archangelo. And then we see Archangelo come back and win the Belmont. So that made Bishop's Bay look even better. So you'll have the two horses that are going to take a lot of money right next to each other in the three Bishop's Bay in the 4-2 fills. If you're looking to beat them, I, I would go to Hayes Strike coming off of that win at Lone Star last time out. He got bumped and crossed over on at the start of the Bluegrass. He was last. He was like 15 lengths off in there. He was five lengths behind the rest of the field in a race where there just was not much passing. Trice made an early move, verifying was sitting second. It was five lengths back to third from from all of them. And Hayes' strike wasn't far. He was like kind of in that group. And he has two races at Keeneland that aren't great. If you can eliminate those, toss the synthetic race. Now all of a sudden his form starts looking better. Maybe he's one of these three-year-olds who starts to peak in the middle to the second half of the year. Can he move up, you know, on speed figures just a little bit if we're looking at his speed figures, like four or five points? Because that puts him right in the mix with everybody in this race. Two fills, obviously, if he were to improve, he he beats everybody here and you know, Bishop's Bay. But if these horses kind of run the same sort of race and we get a little improvement from Hayes Strike, he's just intriguing to me as as the value. You know, two fills is going to be very, very tough. Uh, I think he, I think he's a really nice three-year-old, and I'm, uh, I'm super excited to see where he will, uh, how his second half of his season will be, and what can we say wrong about Bishop's Bay? That race looks even better. Henry Q will probably just try to steal this race from the inside. The Grade Three Ohio Derby, five hundred thousand dollars up for grabs. Now, when you go to play the Ohio Derby this weekend, you want to make sure that you play over at drf bets now they have a really great promotion right now at drf bets if you go to drf bets use the promo code winning deposit 250 bucks you will get check this out so use the promo code winning you'll get a 10 dollar free bet deposit 250 then they give you a 250 match so you're gonna have 510 bucks in your account they're gonna give you 10 free formulator past performances so those were the the style of the past performances that we were just looking at to handicap that pick for. And then from now on, after that, every 50 bucks, you wager, you'll get a You'll get a credit for past performances. So when you wager, you'll have credit. That way you won't have to spend money on past performances and you can wager at DRF bets. You get the past performances right there at drf.com. Everything you need over at drf.com. Good luck this weekend at this old down. Pick four, all stakes, pick four, starting in the ninth race on Saturday, June the 24th. Make sure to get the DRF bets to play. Let's move on over to Louisiana Downs. So we will go Louisiana Downs Saturday, Louisiana Downs Sunday, Louisiana Downs Monday. We're going to go back to back to back so you'll hear the the difference in the best bets for each day it's the louisiana downs uh marathon right here a couple of best bets for saturday sunday and then monday another great week of waste racing ahead at louisiana downs week of wasting is where i was going with that one uh, a week of racing coming up at lad i have been struggling Louisiana Downs, no doubt about it. Lots of runner-up efforts, lots of horses just not firing. So, it's going to change this week. This is the week where it all starts to change. As I dive into the daily racing form, past performances, I'll have two best bets for Saturday. Now, Louisiana Downs first post will be at 3:05 p.m. Eastern time, 2:05 local time there in uh, Louisiana. And if you play Any of the exotic wagers, 15% takeout in the pick four and the pick five. They have 17% takeout in the win place and show wagers. So let's start things out right off the bat. And, uh, keep in mind, you can actually get these daily racing form past performances for free. When you sign up for a DRF bets account, we'll show you a little bit more about that. At the end of this video, let's talk about those two best bets. Let's start right off the bat. Race one, number one. Don't have to go a whole lot farther than that. Our little scandal for trainer Joe Foster. Now, you can see a nice steady tab at Louisiana Downs where you're having works every week and a half or so for uh, our little scandal. What's really key is using the Daily Racing Form formulator past performances. You can click on the trainer and it'll pull up the database of statistics here, and you can customize it for any way you want. So what I want to look at here is first-time starters. I want to see how this barn has done with first-time starters. Now, I remember last year, Joe Foster was really good with first-time starters at Louisiana Downs. You can see over the last five years, over a 93-horse sample size, they've won with 15% of their first-time starters. Now you can actually Customize it even more, if you'd like, for a time frame. You can make it just the last one year. So we can apply that filter there. Now it'll shorten up to the last one year and take a look at that one. Six for 23, 26%, 43% in the money, $2.59 ROI for your two bucks. And the one thing that's been real key for me is almost all of this success has been at Louisiana Downs. So... Look at last year at Louisiana Downs. He had 20 first time starters at the meet and he had five winners. Did trainer Joe Foster, our custom darling, Bates Court? We had Mo Kings, Arklahoma Soul. Those were all winners at Louisiana Downs last year. So, just in the last year, there have been six overall winners. There have been two of them in 2023. In just three starts. So far this year, he's only had three first-time starters, and he's won with two of them, including one at Louisiana Downs, the only first-time starter so far in the meet, who won at about 9-2. to So just really seems to prime a lot of these first-timers for Louisiana, and it's a lot of it has to do with, you know, he puts the horses where they belong. This is a filly who's debuting at a 12-5 Louisiana-bred maiden-claiming spot. We can take a look at her dam. She was a winner. And she has produced two siblings to race. One of them was a winner. So again, for a a lower-level horse like this, we're talking about a Barn who's been really good with first-time starters. The Barn's having an awesome start to the meet, as is the case normally at Louisiana Downs. Rider Emmanuel Nieves having a fantastic start to the meet. So connections, check. Connections good with first-time starters, check. Work tab looks fine, check. And the pedigrees, fine, check. So, you know, you look at the rest of this field, a fleet Charlene, last few races, and the source has never hit the board, has been beaten double-digit lengths. Clearance Sale was beaten double digits in the last two. Takes a a big drop down in class today. Smiling Angel is the two-to-one morning line favorite was beaten four lengths last time out, and then prior to that wasn't close and is 0 for 16. Nobula K was beaten 20 lengths last time out. This is a horse who was well-defeated, takes a big drop down in class, so should run a lot better here. And then Graceful Street. We are not talking about horses in the best of form. I think it's a really good spot for a first-time starter like our little scandal to try to pop up and uh, just get out of the gate, you know, because the, the knocks here would be the rail and six and a half. Not an easy distance in which to debut. The rail, not an easy post in which to debut. But looking through this field, just doesn't feel like there's any monsters in here. I think it's a good spot for the number one, our little scandal. Let's move to race number seven. It is a stakes race. How about this? And it's a stakes for Alabama breads at Louisiana Downs. I'm going to the number five in here. Chamois Empire. I thought the debut race was was solid and you know you, again you sort of compare what he did to the rest of this field and you look at this guy feel like there's some upside with him. He hopped a bit at the start. He settled you know fourth and he moved up to third he was chasing. He was a little bit green, kind of hanging on his wrong lead, but he did try hard all the way. I feel like there's some upside with him. The number 5, Shammy's Empire In the Alabama, $50,000 stakes for Alabama breads on Saturday at Louisiana Downs. A couple plays for you on Saturday. Best of luck. And keep in mind, Saturday, Sunday, Monday racing over at Louisiana Downs. If you ever need any help, Roxanne Tanner on the broadcast. Track announcer John McGarry will be providing selections and analysis for you each and every day out there. And I will always have analysis on the podcast. That's what G said a few days before the racing out at Louisiana Downs. Now, if you like what you saw, as far as the past performances are concerned, we can take a look at the daily racing form past performances. And if you use DRF bets, you can actually get these formulator past performances for free. So go to DRF bets right now. If you do not have an account, sign up and deposit two hundred and fifty. Use the promo code winning. When you do, they'll give you a ten dollars free bet. Then they'll match your two dollars your two fifty deposit. They're gonna put five hundred bucks in there along with the ten dollars free bet. So you'll have five ten for the two fifty you deposited. They'll give you 10, uh, 10 free formulator cards, and then every time you wage your fifty, you get another credit for a formulator card. So that way, when you're playing the races a lot, you're not gonna have to pay for past performances. Come over to, to DRF. You know you're going to get the past performances from DRF.com. Sign up for a, a wagering account at DRF Bets. Good luck this weekend out at Louisiana Downs. We'll see you for more. Come give us a follow on social media, on Twitter. It's me, Gino B. Best of luck. Mm-hmm. Let's talk some Louisiana Downs for Sunday, June the 25th. I've got a couple of best bets in races five and seven. Hope everyone's having a nice weekend. Louisiana Downs racing Saturday, Sunday, Monday, a couple of Tuesdays during the meeting this year and the key wagers over at Louisiana downs, the pick four and the pick five, 15% low takeout and the win place show wagering 17% low takeout. I'll give you a couple to look at in the exotics. And I'm looking at the daily racing form past performances, drf.com. That is where you can purchase these and you can actually get daily racing form past performances for free. When you sign up for a DRF bets account, use the promo code winning and you can actually get, A $250 deposit match bonus. We'll show you a little more about that at the end of this video. Right now, let's dive into our two best bets in race number five. First up, it is the number one, Kenya Strike. This will be a mile turf race. And in this one, it's a 12,500 non-winners of three. The number one Kenya Strike is... 2 for 16 overall but has only been on the turf 4 times and I think she has a really sneaky good turf form when you start to dive into it. Now, her first so let's go through her four turf races. Number 2 uh two of them, you know, she's in a little bit too tough. And you can just see from the from the form. First level allowance race against open company, she's 7th that day. The You know, other three on the turf, honestly, they make sense. Her last start on the turf, September the 10th. Now let's look at that race. It's a bad effort, but it was the first start. It was the last start before a layoff. She was off from September to May, and the race came back very strong because we saw the winner, Hushed Courtroom, come back and win their next start. This course was in very nice form. The runner-up at top 10, Duchess, came back to win their next start. The fourth-place finisher, Angela Celerity, came back to win their next start. So she lost in a race right before a long layoff in a race that's come back very, very live. So, two of her turf races it feels like she's just maybe in against tough groups. The other two, she runs really, really well, including a big win against 12,000 non winners of two, 12,5 non winners of two right here at Louisiana Downs last year. Her prior turf start was a very good second. And now she's coming off of back to back dirt sprints. Those are two races to get her fitness level built up. I think she'll be in a lot better shape now physically in this race, making her third start off the long, long layoff, making her third start of the form cycle. And she's going to get back to the turf. Kenya strike the number one, six to one on the morning line in race. Number five at Louisiana on Sunday, let's move to race number seven on Sunday. And I'm gonna take a look at a first level allowance race for Louisiana breads. It's a five and a half furlong sprint, and we are gonna go to the number nine. Pinch me a penny. Now, this guy will make his second start off a short little break. He was off from February to May, and when he showed back up in May, he was at Lone Star. It was a solid third place effort that day. The the issue with him, I guess his knock is that he's not really fast early. He's a horse who wants to kind of sit behind horses and make one run. So in smaller races against dirt sprinters, a lot of times horses that are faster than him, they're just going to beat him. He's remarkably consistent. And if you can just eliminate his race against stakes company last year, his form looks really good on paper and seeing the way this race could shape up. Yeah. Fiery playboy and you know, half again is quick, but look at some of the speed horses in here with wise anchor young, but young Tuscan and fiery playboy are the two. And those two are going to go and they're going to make this a really fast early pace. And I think pinch me a penny gets a good setup in here. Second start off the bench can sit behind horses. He's going to make his second start or actually it's, you know, his fourth start as a three-year-old, but really this feels like, you know, after, since he's taken his, his, break, this feels sort of like the start of his three-year-old season now with what he's doing from May on. So I think bigger and better for Pinch Me a Penny, the number nine, six to one on the morning line for a very, very good barn that hasn't sent a whole lot of horses over to Louisiana, but does some excellent work. So Pinch Me a Penny for me, six to one on the morning line, anything around seven to two, that feels like fair value there. That's race number seven on Sunday at Louisiana Downs. Best of luck playing the races over at Louisiana Downs. And don't forget, if you are playing and you're looking for a place to play, DRF Bets is the place to play. They have an incredible promotion right now, a $250 deposit match bonus, a $10 free bet. You get free pass performances. Use that promo code winning. Sign up for DRF Bets. If you like the way these past performances look, you can get them for free every time you get 50 bucks bet. They'll actually put one in, in your account once you're signed up for DRF Bets. So good luck this weekend at Louisiana Downs. couple plays for you on Sunday. Monday, June the 26th. Let's talk about some races over at Louisiana Downs. I am uh, going to be looking at races 3 and 5 for Monday out at Louisiana. And I want to remind you, the low takeout wagers. Those are always the wagers you want to look for at each track. Which ones are the lowest takeout? Which ones are going to give me my, most of my money back? The win play show 17% and then you've got the 15% low takeout pick four and pick five. I'm looking at the daily racing form past performances, the DRF formulator past performances. You can purchase these at drf.com. But if you have a DRF bets account, you can actually get these past performances for free. We'll tell you more about that at the end of the video. Let's dive in for a few best bets for Monday, taking a look at race number three. It's a $12,500 claimer, non-winners of two lifetime. It feels like the one Frosty Brew, the two Bit of Honey, the three Arklahoma Soul are all going to go. I think all three of them are going to be forwardly placed. I could see all of them pushing each other. I could also see the six Smarties Angel flashing speed. The horse who's really intriguing to me is Petulia. Now, her first three starts came at Oaklawn Park. Her first two against Arkansas Reds. It's maiden claimers, and then Arkansas Bread maiden special weights. She dropped down in class, and she faced open maiden twenty claimers. She wins that day. She sits off the pace nicely, winning at six furlongs on the dirt. Then she's claimed. She comes over. Um, she comes over to Louisiana, and she's claimed at Louisiana on June the fourth. Now she's in the Villa Franco barn. Who's had a really nice start to the meeting? Let's watch the race on June the fourth at Louisiana. She was in the same field as Arklahoma Soul, who is her rival in this race. Arklahoma Soul was the number five in the race we're watching. We're going to look at the number one, Petulia. Now, keep in mind, she drew the rail, which is not always easy for a horse in a sprint race trying to come from off the pace. So, kind of gets bumped in a little bit, but she's a fine start. She's just behind the leaders, and Watch the the trip that she's going to end up getting. Instead of being just behind the leaders, as they stack up, she gets shuffled back and gets pushed back a little bit, and she ends up forced to have to angle around because right here now, she's sort of in trouble. You have the horse, like the two right to your outside, and then in front of you, you have three horses. You can tell that you don't really have anywhere to go, so right now, they just have to sort of sit, 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 And try to angle the one to the outside and hope they can steer around some of the horses in front that might start tiring. And that just that's such a tough trip, losing all that ground, going from inside right behind the leaders, getting shuffled back, then having to angle to the outside, tip around, and come running. And you know, she's gonna just miss getting back up, or she does actually get back up for third here. Beaten, you know, well beaten. But I feel like the trip is going to be much different. I think she'll be able to sit nicely behind horses. Hopefully, you don't get the shuffle and have to angle around. Just make that decision early. Sit behind horses. We've already seen a horse come back from this race to win their next start. The fourth place finisher, Preach It Girl, came back to win a 5,000 non-winners to two next time out on June the 17th. So the race has come back live. That's Petulia, 9-2 to in race number three. Let's move to the fifth race. This one is a mile on the turf. And we're going to take a look at a maiden special eight field going the mile on the turf course. And I like the six in here. Look at Betty. One of the major positives about the daily racing form past performances, the ones right here, formulator, you can see the pedigree information really quickly. And just at first glance, when you see smart strike on the top and pulpit on the bottom side, This horse is bred beautifully for the grass. Looking at Betty, her dam never tried the turf, never raced. But when you look at some of her siblings, she is a half sibling to a horse named She's So Special, who's actually a pretty decent horse, who's a a stakes winner sprinting on the turf, a three-time turf winner, and has been in against Graded Stakes Company. Two other siblings tried the turf, got a headache, one on it, Freedom Bound didn't win on the turf, but did finish second on the turf twice. So let's look at this. Three siblings to try turf. Two of them won. The other one didn't win, but ran really well. She ran better races on the turf than on any other surface. So I'm expecting the six horse now who got that fitness race on June the 2nd at Evangeline. McMahon comes over to ride. I'm expecting a big effort from... Looking at Betty stretching out, bred beautifully for the turf. That is race number five on Monday at Louisiana Downs. Best of luck there on Monday over at Louisiana. Now, when you're playing the races, if you're looking for a place to play to get your past performances, it's always DRF.com. But at DRF Bets, they're actually offering you a promotion right now where you can get free formulator past performances. Go to DRF Bets right now. Use the promo code winning. Sign up for an account. Deposit exactly 250 bucks. $250. They will match that. They'll give you a $10 free bet. So, all of a sudden, the 250 you put in, you got 510 right back. And then they'll give you 10 free formulator cards. And every 50 bucks following that, you'll be able to earn credit for another formulator card. Good luck on Monday at Louisiana Downs. We'll have some best bets for you each and every day. Good luck to uh, Roxanne Tanner and to track announcer John McGarry. They hold things down and give you all sorts of great analysis on the live broadcast each and every racing day. Good luck to everyone this week at Louisiana Downs. Let's finish up with some wrestling. Before we do, if you're looking for a great gift for anyone in your friends, anyone in your family... Try candles, SarahCandles.com, C-E-R-A-Candles.com. If you're someone who likes to burn candles, these are better for you. No toxins, no carcinogens, no pollutants. Use the promo code G-I-N-O. It'll get you 10% off your purchase. C-E-R-A-Candles.com. Time to talk wrestling. AEW, Dynamite, Collision, CM Punk, Forbidden Door, WWE. We'll talk about Raw, SmackDown, Money in the Bank, Seth Rollins, NXT. Gold Rush, you name it, we've got it here with Koopaloo, Chad Cooper, talking everything in the world of wrestling. Here it is, folks. Fight of the night. and trying to claim that belt once and for all. It's this week's wrestling recap. All right, come down. And here he is, your hometown hero, your reigning champ, the one and only, Chad Cooper. It's time for another edition of This week in wrestling we're going to talk about Everything going on in the world of WWE with Raw with Smackdown We're on the road to Money in the Bank NXT but over in AEW We're going to start there this week because We had the debut of a new show Collision CM Punk is back They're building to Forbidden Door And now as Chad Cooper joins Me Chad it's funny I was thinking about this last night AEW as of Right now has Mm -hmm. more Live more live hours of programming on TV or just more hours of programming on national TV than WWE does each week now with with, uh, Dynamite, with Rampage, and now with Collision, the two hours on Saturday night because they get two hours, four hours, five hours there. So, you know, that's the exact same sort of thing that WWE is working with and then throw on the, you know, the fact that they've got still some of those YouTube shows that are kind of being weeded out a little bit um you get a special here and there for this company that's brand new they now have a lot of work to do to fill a lot of TV time each and every week I, I was just real, kind of thinking about that
1: uh I, I it, you put it in that perspective and uh I didn't think about it and you know this week you have two for dynamite one for rampage two for collision so that's what five uh two- and then- Sunday four or five, and then you got a big probably 3 hour pay-per-view on Sunday. That's almost 10 hours of wrestling.
0: So Monday a lot of weeks they're going company. to have I mean they they don't have as many pay-per-views, so I guess it won't be sure, as many, sure. but four or five times a year they will have you know like a Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, a whole <laughs> lot happening all like back to back to back to back. So let's start with CM Punk. He is back. Yeah. They had Collision last week on Saturday and I think we were talking about it. We expected the first show to do a big number, uh, just sure. with CM Punk returning. The there was buzz about it, and they debuted on a perfect weekend. Oh my gosh! Just as far as like the schedule of the the calendar of what was happening, there was nothing going on. The other the other things that were that beat them, I think, were the College World Series and a UFC event. So we weren't, weren't really talking about any mainstream. Big sports. There wasn't even a big like big horse racing. Anything going on? It was a perfect time. They got a good number. Was it eight seventy? Was it in that range or eight? No, no, it was a little bit lower. A little lower than that.
1: Look, it was dynamite range. I think it It was 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 good. It was good. It was eight plus, eight twenty, eight thirty, eight seventeen, somewhere around in there. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, that's that's a dynamite show. It's a good way to
0: start. the 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 question is though, and even. Even the the question that I think a lot of the really big AEW fans and some of the people who are the big AEW defenders will say, we expected it to be a good number first off. You had the whole punk coming back. What is he going to say? Who knows what's going to happen? Now, week two, moving forward. Week three, week four, week five, moving forward. Will people care that much to tune in on Saturday? Because coming off the first collision last week, they didn't have anything – Promoted for the next show. I I thought that was not a smart idea, Chad. On your first show, maybe leave some sort of a cliffhanger. Have a match booked for the following week. Something. But they didn't really have anything. They did set some things up for Dynamite. But what ended up happening in their, on Dynamite, it's their go-home show for this Forbidden Door pay-per-view. They only had four matches booked on the card before Dynamite. And now there are 11. So, on that episode of Dynamite, they basically put together seven matches for a card, also tried to build to collision a little bit, a little bit of momentum there, set some things up for Rampage. It just felt like they were (laughs) doing so freaking much, and I, overall, in the last week, and I wonder, uh, Tony's not, Tony Khan's not stupid. He's done a really good job with AEW. I would have done some things differently to try to grow maybe a little different than he has, but... I just wonder, like, man, is that just trying to do so much on one show? Why why not try to set up everything a little, like, a little more each week? Couple things here, couple things here, couple things here. It helps the builds a little bit. I don't know. I just know at the end of that night my head was spinning when I was just sort of thinking about all of the matches that were getting added, all of the different people, surprise partner here, who's going to show up and join them here. Um... <laughs> it it was a, a whole hell of a lot And words, a lot to man there's to. a There's a lot coming out so what, what were your Impressions of the first episode of Collision
1: you know I, I've, I've tried To be as honest as I can with With any and everything um, I I thought it had a different look And a little in a different feel Than Dynamite um, I And liked, I think in a good way Yeah oh absolutely absolutely in,
0: in, I think a, the tempo right like the Pace it just felt a little bit more like a wrestling show that we were used to watching, I think.
1: It did, and I, I think you, you got some quality matches. Um, I thought it started with a bang. Um, then, you know, you, I, I thought it, it didn't end with a bang, but in between, you know, I, I thought there were some good things that happened. Um, I, I didn't like the fact um, that Miro, or excuse me, I like the fact that Miro's back, he looked good. Um, I didn't like Wardlow uh, losing the title here to uh, to basically what Luchasaurus and Christian. I think Christian, all dynamite's running around with a belt or what have you, but uh, all in all, it felt different. And that was the one thing the, the biggest question I had coming into Collision would it di- differentiate itself from dynamite? And I think it did. Now I agree. Now will this split? Will this split some AEW fans? Because there are some contingent out there that don't like CM Punk. And now after you watching Dynamite, you heard some CM Punk chants, some FU Elite, F U Kenny Omega, uh FU Bucks, you know.
0: They're uh, not in Kenny Omega and the Bucks are not in the entrance uh, the intro video for collision at all. They're n- n- so they're not supposed to be on the same shows. We actually saw that happen already on Wednesday because um Wednesday they weren't on the show. They were it was a taped promo from the Bucks and from Kenny and CM Punk showed up on Wednesday. And he mentioned, I'm not even supposed to be a dynamite guy. I'm not even supposed <laughs> to be here. So that's the one of the things that I don't as a fan. And, and WWE doesn't give us this, and they never have, really. So, so I'm saying this in a different way because AEW was trying to be different. Um, They've never come out one time still and said what happened. Like, why did CM Punk get stripped of the title? Like, yeah, in, and, in, in and, kayfabe, and, in storyline, why is he no longer the champion? And you send CM
1: Punk to ESPN to do an interview, basically a shoot interview about all of this. And it just is still... And after as good as the show as it possibly could have been, I mean, we're, there, there was some, I, I don't understand why a couple of these people lost, especially I, regardless in a tag, Tony Storm has no business being on a losing end of a team. I don't care if it was Sky Blue's hometown or not, but it looks like she's probably getting a push now. Um, I'm with you. I, I You basically ha- have told me after Collision, To find out what's going to go on next Saturday at Collision, I'm going to have to watch Dynamite. So I guess that's a way to, okay, I'm going to have to watch Dynamite. Or do I have to watch Dynamite? Can I just go through uh, the match results and and see what happens? I thought they had a pretty good chance here to start off with a bang. Um, I was impressed with some things. I liked the way it was done. I liked the way it was executed. Um, It did feel different than Dynamite, which I liked. Um, The one thing I
0: didn't like, though, and and I think this is the consistent because everything you're saying, I agree. I was watching Mm -hmm. it like I like the different announcers. Right. So you've got Kevin Kelly and Nigel. So it feels different. You're you're, that's the voices are key to having a different feel, too. Right. Just different voices. Yeah. Good point. Telling a story. Um, The look of it was a little bit different. Like you said, even it felt like some of the bigger wrestlers were out there. Even I heard people say that some of the bigger, like um some of the more WWE type of wrestlers that you would see. The only thing I just still didn't like was there wasn't enough storytelling for me. No, there, it wasn't. Did it, no, there wasn't. It felt like you know what it felt like. Um, and, and this is in a in a good way and a bad way, because you and I talk about some of my most fun experiences at wrestling shows are house shows. Uh, it absolutely. felt like a supercharged house show. It almost felt like when WWE does their tribute to the troops, you know what I mean? Like, they filmed yeah, yeah. that hour-long special that they were going to put where you have a tag team match in the main event that's not really meaningful and no big titles are defended. That's sort of how it felt. I and I know they, they had Wardlow on there and, and Luchasaurus to try to make that feel more important, but I don't know. I, I need – I, I want to see a little bit more storytelling, and it's going to be tricky for them now because they're going to be juggling a lot of things with Collision, with Dynamite, with Rampage, building to big shows moving forward. So a lot of positives for the look and the feel of the show. Um, even though, like you said, the content was was solid, I just want them to, to do what I've been crit- critiquing them a little bit more tell that story from Wednesday to Friday to Saturday, or if not, let us know these are going to be separate rosters. Let us know that so we know. Like with WWE, we know that Friday and Monday, and then sometimes there's crossover, but we know when we want to find a certain wrestler where they're going to be.
1: Yeah, no, I I agree. I I, I don't think we're going to get a whole lot of that. I I think that's one thing that AEW has stuck to their guns with is that they don't need the big storyline um, to keep everyone invested? What we're trying to differenti- uh, differentiate with other wrestling organizations, which their only worry is WWE, is you're going to get pure wrestling. Well, we got a lot of good wrestling on Collision, but we we I, I definitely left left that that show with more question marks than I, I, I did answers, and I, just because
0: I, I, next week, what do you think? I think we're down to 650, at least, or below. Oh, uh,
1: sure. Yeah, you're going to drop significantly. Um, you've, you've got Punk in another six-man tag that he was just in a six-man tag with uh, with FTR. Uh, we're going to find out who the, the mystery partner is, right, for the forbidden door match. We get that. Uh, I, I don't care about Jeff Jarrett in a concession stand match. Or, or whatever he's having with Jay Lethal and, and stuff like this. So I thought we were going to get different belts, different things. And it looks like uh, as of right now, we're not going to get it. And, and yeah, I definitely see some numbers dropping this, especially since you've had so much wrestling this week and you're coming That's, off of, you know,
0: when, and trip. you got a bunch the next night. Like, are people going to be as interested on Saturday night with Forbidden Door coming the next night where they got to pay? Um, this will be a really interesting weekend to, to see because there was buzz. They promoted collision quite a bit for that first episode. And now let's see what happens. Can it catch on moving forward? What did you think sort of overall with punk? I've heard some conflicting things because like you said, on Friday last week, or I guess it was, I guess it was Saturday or I think it was, I guess it was Friday. It was the day before collision because that's when the ESPN article came out and punk, talked probably more than anyone has talked about what had happened. He threw Hangman Page under the bus a little bit. Now, it wasn't, like, scathing. I mean, it was was pretty much Punk kind of talking like how you think Punk would talk, right? Like, it was him sort of being him. Um, But I think it did rub some—I heard that it did rub people in the locker room the wrong way just because they're feeling like, hey, we're told we're not supposed to talk about what happened. That, you know, legally we can't mention it. And then he goes out and does an interview and he's talking about it. So, like, we don't get a chance to even fight back or give our, you know, it's, and I, I don't know. You know, it's, that's, that's one of the things that happens when you bring someone like Punk back or you have him there. Is he going to, you know, mess up the morale a little bit? Is that going to bother some of the, the guys and gals who are happy and who like the way things have been going? You know, but at the same time, the guy draws numbers and he gets them more attention than anybody else does. Well, I could say this: the, the big question is, if Punk's not on
1: that show, how many? How many? Uh, what's that number from oh, last Saturday? Half wow. that, maybe. Oh
0: yeah, maybe four hundred thousand, five hundred yeah, you know, thousand. If they set up with a title match or something, even sure. You know? and,
1: and you know what? There, there, there's a lot of rumors out there. There, there's a big hot rumor that Punk. You know, some of the things that by coming back, you have signed a. Uh, an agreement NBA. yeah yeah not to talk about the young bucks or the elite but you can talk about this person it's like how do you feel if you're certain people as you just said when there's a locker room and you're and you're gonna have a pay-per-view this weekend with this guy in the same building and that this is that that's not a work these from what from my understanding from a couple of people that i do trust uh Within the wrestling community that gives news that there's there's a lot of ill will um, uh, through many of these. And it's just a very weird way to operate a a company. And as I was telling you, you know, earlier today, you know, Tony Khan had his had a weekly press conference, uh, you know, about collision, about the forbidden door pay-per-view and David Bix, uh, which, you know, whatever you think, you know, whatever opinion you have of David is what it is, but he asked a legitimate question, and he asked Tony Codd CM Punk coming back, and the, the comments that CM Punk made on ESPN calling himself, what did he call himself? One Bill Phil I One know. Bill <laughs> Phil One Bill Phil
0: And not the uh, counterfeit bucks
1: Yeah, not the counterfeit bucks Do, did one of the things that to lure CM Punk back does he get a stake in AEW and man, Tony Codd just went ballistic and said it. I'm trying to run a business here You know, he said, I I don't have time for this. Um, It it just, just think if this is happening in WWE right now and CM Punk's back with WWE and Roman Reigns or several other people in that dressing room, that locker room doesn't want him back and they're having to maneuver through all this, what the wrestling world would be saying? I, I just, I don't know. It's so odd that this is being done in 2023 under, you know, one umbrella of an organization. And uh, again, I, I just, uh, as we get into Dynamite soon, there's some, I, there's just some backward things, backward booking that was going on. You're burying your own champs. I, I just, I don't know what it is, but man, they sure are, uh, you got to give them credit. You got to give AEW credit, whether you like them or don't like them or don't watch them. They're, they're full steam ahead on this. And uh they, they're they're sticking to their guns, they're doing it their own way.
0: Now you're and now you're all in on CM Punk and um for good and for bad, for good, like drawing a big number on a Saturday night like that, for bad, you know, the morale and he's getting a little bit older. And the one thing I thought was sort of sort of crazy. So like you said, last week on Saturday, he wrestles. This week he's wrestling on Saturday and Sunday, back to back nights. So, within a week, he's already having having wrestled three times. And let's be honest, they're three meaningless matches. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right? They don't matter. Like, they're not main event matches of huge shows that are going to go 25 minutes for the title. Now, we can say he's not taking as many bumps, but when you're not in shape, every time, like we say, man, every time he goes in there and, and throws a GTS on someone... Like that's how he got hurt one one of the times, just doing that. um i don't I don't know if I love having him out there this much. It's sort of like the opposite of what they do with mjF, right? Like mJF and Roman reigns. like you never see them there. and now all of a sudden, Punk's been gone, and I know he's the drawing card there on Saturday night. Does he need to be in a meaningless meaningless? okay. I don't know. Does he need to be in like a random tag match every week? Can you figure out better uses of him where he's still on the show every week? He's in segments. Maybe he's on commentary. Maybe there's stuff to build. That's what I mean. The storytelling part is what hurts. Do, I don't know if you want this guy just going out there and bumping every single week because what he does so well is telling stories.
1: And, and we asked that. We, we asked, you know, you and I talked about what capacity was Punk going to be on – this show every week and he's going to need to be involved in in this show every week and now you're seeing again he's in a six-man tag where we just saw that so what's the appeal of him being in another six-man tag on saturday right um i i just again i don't want him with the headset on doing play-by-play we've done that you know would got you gotta figure set of something? Titles, would, you know what I mean? Yeah, you gotta figure of, something with another set of titles, help this situation out. I don't know because I don't either. Gonna, I, I'm gonna use some of your verbiage here. They're gonna book themselves in a corner here on Saturdays with CM they, Punk.
0: They are because he can't lose right now, right? No, he can't be no, losing no, no. to anyone either yeah. when he comes back. And there's, um, as a fan, it's exciting when he's here, but this is sort of, um, But what
1: happens? But what you know? This is this is what happened in the beginning with me with AEW, and I've said this a couple of I've said it a lot during the early stages of AEW, and I haven't said it as much. But we've been talking about ratings here, you know. When is when is CM Punk oversaturated? You know, it's one thing. You know, we used to have to watch YouTube matches to see the Bucks or to see Kenny Omega wrestle. Every now and then, Ring of Honor would have them on, but my local ring of honor here in Southeast Texas would come on at three o'clock in the morning. So I would have to DVR it and hopefully the bucks or Kenny Omega would be on. So punk every week in a match, is that going to continue to keep eyes on it? No, you know, they've introduced Scorpio sky again. That's really not going to do it. Hey, look, Miro has looked, you know, is a guy that's got to be pushed. You know, if they're, if they're going to start releasing guys, which that's happening uh, apparently uh, now, as we speak, there's some guys and some probably gals that have been on uh the undercard and some of these dark and dark elevations. Uh do you bring Ring of Honor people over there to it? You know, we've had them on Wednesday nights a lot. I don't know, but when is when is hey, I've seen I've seen CM Punk every week in a match or six man or I you know when it get when it gets to the fall, this thing might as well just be taped. Because you and I both know, it's not going to it's not going to be good. Uh, by with then, football. they better have the Bucks and the Elite on there working with CM Punk by the end. Because you're not going to get very good numbers in the fall.
0: Yeah, there is just a a lot happening right now in the world of AEW. I'm gonna we're gonna run through some stuff that was on Wednesday night and on the and uh, on Dynamite. And here's what is on the card for Forbidden Door. So there were four matches carded before the night. Now we have eleven. On uh, the pre-show, Athena versus Billy Starks. That's a women's Owen Hart Cup tournament first-round match. That's a crazy thing. On top pre-show. of, on top <laughs> of, pro- like promoting Forbidden Door this weekend. There, I don't know why they decided that this would be the day. I, I think they had to because they had to use the CM Punk match on the sh- on the card because they wanted to get Punk on the card. We didn't really have anyone for him because I think it was supposed to be Kenta and that fell through. So they just try to disguise it as like a a, a men's Owen Hart tournament first round match versus Punk and Kojima, um, which is sort of strange. Um, The problem
1: I have, Gino, as we get into the forbidden door and we're talking about this women's Owen Hart uh, Cup tournament, you've got to watch nine different things on the women's side to find out who won. Like, we got a pre-show on Saturday. We've got something. We've got Rampage. The Sky Blue is working Anna Jay on Friday night as a part of this tournament. Then there's one on the pre-show. I've never been a big fan of that. If you want to draw it out week after week and have one match a week, that's fine. But I don't think it needs to be scattered across three platforms for me to follow this tournament.
0: Yeah, getting through the rest of it. Athena, Billy, Starks. That's a pre-show match. We have... Uh, lay Suzuki gods Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki are going to be versus Sting, Darby Allen, and they're going to have a special guest, um, that they will announce on Saturday on Collision. A lot to follow, too. You know what I mean? Like, we're following who who, who, who is that going to be? Feels like it's got to be somebody from New Japan, right? Probably Probably that Jericho has had some sort of involvement with, but I don't think it's going to be some big star. Like, it's not going to be a big name, it'll probably be. There's a, a a couple guys. There's one of the young boys that Jericho like beat up on a few years ago. Um, the he was the son of the referee Red Shoes, and I think I think that might be where they're going. But okay. this is okay. the type of thing that like most people don't know that. <laughs> like, mo- I only know that because I like heard that somewhere else, and I I, I remember seeing that. But <laughs> yeah, it's, not, I'm like a, for you it's not like a it's not like a well known <laughs> story. Um, yeah, it's. Th- the top two matches on this card, they could both be match of the year. The Kenny Omega, Will Osprey, and Danielson Okada. Those two that, matches.
1: Danielson Okada is probably the one that, that will tear the house down.
0: Yeah. And those two matches would be main events anywhere you are in the world and any show in any place. In it'll be really fun to see those two matches. Like that's what they've sold this card on. And I can see everything else sort of just got thrown together in the last Tony, week or so.
1: And I tell you what could be really, really good, and you may roll your eyes, and I think they could have done a lot with this. But Tony Storm and Willow Nightingale has potential to be really, really intriguing because, you know, Willow Nightingale just won their title. Of course, She's she good. Went over, you know, she had to go over what who was formerly known as Sasha, who got injured in the match. Now, I don't know if they were going in this direction or not, but so be it. But they could have really built this up. And what happens? Tony Storm loses in a tag match on Wednesday night. It's dynamite. I, I just think this could have been th- that match right there alone could have been good. Because I tell you, Willow Nightingale has picked up a lot of steam on social media. Uh, people backing her and thinking and, and taking her as a legitimate wrestler inside the ring. I think that match. Could have been could have been really really promoted well, and they missed they missed a big opportunity in that. Gino,
0: I like Willow quite a bit. I agree with you. I think she's yeah. yeah. Uh, I think she's someone to get behind, and that could because be. Uh... We
1: haven't really had a lot of women's really good women's matches in AEW. Seriously, if you want to go back and say yeah, Britt and Thunder Rose in the cage, was that really all that good, or was that just okay? You were surprised they were taking all these bumps and they were bleeding everywhere. But going back and looking through AEW history, we haven't had that big what do you remember as the the best women's match in AEW? You're going to have to think for a little bit. This could have been this could have and it may do really really well. I just think with a better promotion, you would've got more mainstream wrestling fans to follow this because I know Tony Storm's got fans and Willow's picking up a lot of steam and she's really good in the ring and now it's just like, "Oh yeah, hey, these two are Kind of going at each other I think it's it's going to be a fun match
0: The kind of the bottom up They just threw together Adam Cole versus Tom Lawler That's something right. that's going to happen um, and, and MJF versus Hiroshi Tanahashi That's also for the AEW World Championship And MJF keeps teasing that he's not going to show Or he's going to no-show the match <laughs> They're still building to Adam Cole and MJF And we praised what they did last week Here's what's funny is I like that they are continuing to build to that match because that's what's going to be more important on the week to week TV following this week. But they're going to do the will they or won't they coexist? They're going to be tag team partners. <laughs> this is the same thing that they do with every WWE storyline when they don't know and they like exactly what to do. They make them team up. We have joked and ridiculed WWE for years. So I have to get in a plug and a shot. Adam Cole and MJF Will they or won't they coexist (laughs) So great Oh my goodness So I mean Cole
1: I mean do you care about uh, uh, Orange Cassidy Zack Sabre Jr Shibata Daniel Garcia
0: Again it it should be fine In ring the in ring should be really Fun really exciting
1: Is he losing that title
0: I don't think so and I don't think I care I think
1: He lost in a tag match on Wednesday Which you take the momentum out of there I I, I I know It was bad booking but
0: Takes the steam from him You've got the Blackpool Combat Club Moxley, Wheeler, Yuta, Claudio Tekeshta They have Umino on their side See this is where things just get too confusing (laughs) Right? Because you have to have people from AEW and New Japan On both sides So you get some random representatives here Now on the elite side They have Hangman the Young Bucks, Kingston, and Ishii. Keep in mind, Omega's in the match against Osprey. So, I don't know. I mean, you have Eddie Kingston coming out, cutting promo, talking about how he doesn't like the Young Bucks or trust the Young Bucks.
1: He looks terrible, too, by the way. I'm I sorry. Say, I didn't
0: but... think he... Now, let me preface this. He got a massive pop, massive reaction, and from the stuff I was hearing, he was one of the, the guys that got some of the biggest pops on the night. But... I don't think he looked – I don't think he sounded very good either. No, he, and he of, talked – he um, joked
1: about it. He showed his gut, and he's like, yeah. oh, uh, yeah. And I'm like, come on, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he was sort of bumbling and, and and kind of jumbling through some of the things that he uh, had said. So, I mean, going through the rest, Sonata, Jungle Boy for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship. Sonata's a guy who's their champ, but he's like the fourth or fifth most interesting guy. It's not like he's their their top, top guy at the moment, he's just sort of the champ and I mean, the match will be good in ring, but I think it's, it's, they're telling a story with, with jungle boy and with hook it, it feels like. And I think that, that heel turn is coming soon, Coop.
1: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, and you know what? I, I, I'm there for it. I'm there for it.
0: If I think I, he needs it.
1: If he's not going to be a, a major player, I think this is something I, do I expect him uh, to be a heel forever, no But I think this is good This is perfect timing for him to do something else
0: The main event Kenny Omega, Will Osprey And Brian Danielson, Okada What's difficult about these shows Sometimes is that They You know that none of the the Real big titles are going to get flipped Right? Now, in this particular case I could see Osprey winning back the IWGP U.S. Championship because Kenny Omega beat him for it, and in the Danielson Okada match, there's not a world title. So that's sort of what's nice about these two versus the rest of the, sh- the- on the card. Like I don't think MJ- MJF's not losing the AEW World Title. Like no. Sonata's not oh. losing the IWGP World Title, right? And so I don't think Orange Cassidy is losing the AEW International Championship. Maybe he would lose that one, but it doesn't feel like those company belts are going to get lost. Now, what do you, what do you think? Do You think uh these top two matches just going to give us some of your thoughts who who wins Omega Osprey Danielson Okada?
1: Oh, man. Uh I, I if Danielson loses, I think that's okay. I don't I feel as I if uh I I just think it's going to be so good and so technical and and goods the, I think the match tells the story itself, so I think both of those guys are coming out winners. And I think the same as I, I hate to use that. Um, if you if I had to pick, you know who would lose? Um, you know maybe Danielson and both Omega go over, but I, I I have a feeling Danielson probably wins and Omega can take a loss here. You know, but either one of them, I think the matches are going to be so good and they tell their own story. I don't think it hurts either one of them at, at all that's how good the match is going to be.
0: Big weekend. Friday night rampage, Saturday night collision, Sunday night forbidden door and just much much more coming from AEW. We'll be here talking about it each and every week. I think we got through, you know, that's the uh, the 11 on the card as we shift on over to WWE and wow, talk about the storytelling uh, on this side with the Usos with everything Ooh, going man. on. And now we have set Coming off of Smackdown last week Koopaloop, we have set uh, What are they calling it? The Bloodline Did you see what it's named? We're getting the Usos Versus Roman and Solo And we had another swerve Incredible acting Golly, Emotions man. I'm just so impressed with You know, wrestling comedy And wrestling storylines sometimes They can be like soap opera E right. The acting usually isn't good it's just they tell us a few things wink wink we play along this is fantastic stuff i've been so impressed with just the level that the usos both have been able to perform at solo paul Heyman, roman reigns everybody involved from sammy and ko when they were um man just really really good stuff and now you start wondering are one of the Usos, like, are we going to get Jimmy Uso or Jay Uso winning this title from Roman Reigns? Is it going to be solo? Like, is it one Ugh. of these guys? Now we're thinking about what they said after WrestleMania. Remember Triple H said, we're only in, like, the third inning, right, yeah. of this, yeah. this story. And we weren't sure if that was true right away because Roman was gone immediately after Mania. But they've got a story to tell. I don't know like, they could tell this story without the title. It wouldn't be quite as meaningful. It would still be good. I think if Roman wasn't the champ, it wouldn't mean quite as much. Like, if he hadn't had his big loss or if he had already yeah. had his big loss. Um, But just all the credit in the world to them because they keep finding ways to to tell this story. And that's why I get frustrated sometimes, Chad, because in a, in a weird way, right? I don't look at AEW – they don't ever really try to tell big long stories. We've never really seen them do it all that much. Then they'll they'll have some storytelling and some callbacks to things from years ago with the elite and 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 you know um things that happen on the indies, but for the most part, they're more about in-ring smack you over the face with all this incredible action. WWE, when you think about the the most memorable things in our lifetime as fans of WWE. It's funny because the things you think about probably aren't even matches. You know, (laughs) like you think about Austin and McMahon, you know, you think about Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, you know, you think about, um, for me, I think about lust in your eyes, Hulk Hogan, the mega powers (laughs) collide, you know, and Miss Elizabeth and, and the storytelling, the rock, You know, and his incredible promos, laying the smack down. Like, those are the things in my mind. Of course, they're tied with some matches, but it's all about the storytelling. And when WWE wants to tell a story and they are disciplined and focused and they get that entire team and the entire machine behind it and they tell a story like they're telling right now. It, it pisses me off that they can't do it more, right? Because we see them do it sometimes and then we want to hold them to a higher standard. But wow, this is going to go down as one of the best storylines, I think, right up there with the ones that that were mentioned. You know, Daniel Bryan, you know, the the road to WrestleMania 30, like just doing it on his own, things that, that were some of my favorites. This is just fantastic stuff.
1: Wait a minute, you don't put the... I, 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 I'm trying to think of the year. You're better, you're better at this than me. I was watching some old, crazy WWE, I can't believe this happened on television stuff. And The Undertaker was, was going one-on-one with the Big Boss Man. And they had that, they had the steel cage above the match. I mean, above the ring. And then the, I think it was The Undertaker put the noose around the Big Boss Man and then he raised the cage. And Big Boss Man is hanging there in the ring. <laughs> and, I'm Michael like, Cole says, is,
0: is this a symbol? He's symbolically yeah, hanging. Remember? It's like, no, he's actually hanging him. That's no, no he's symbol. hanging Michael. He's yeah. being yeah. actually hung. I'm pretty sure that was 90, 99. Because the crowd
1: had doesn't react because they're, they're just, they don't know what to do. As, as, yeah. Yeah, so you, you're not putting the this bloodline up against that because that made no
0: comparison. No, I was gonna say that no, one, and then the uh, <laughs> the uh, the dog the dog food one. Also, they oh, had the, yeah. the hell in the cell with the dog yeah. food. Yeah, yeah, that was oh, uh, brutal. Yeah, that was 1999 oh, WrestleMania 99, where oh. you had Taker beating Bossman in the hell in the cell right that's before. It, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that, uh, was
1: the, that was the go home show because is this what's gonna
0: happen? This is way, this what's gonna happen, yeah. Oh, uh, um, oh,
1: good. Okay, stuff. I, I'm I'm torn here. I'm torn here with this bloodline stuff. Um, uh, I think at the end of the day, I still think we're circling back around at WrestleMania with Cody. Roman versus Cody. So
0: I just I, don't know if Jimmy, because this is the same thing I was thinking with Sammy, right? Because okay. Jimmy or Jay would be the best way to end the story, right? Like that would be awesome. If it was one of them or solo or someone in the family, in the bloodline, that would be the best way to end it. Unfortunately though, I just don't think they're big enough individually. I just don't know if individually solo, Jimmy or Jay could be the guy to end this title reign for Roman and then be your champ moving forward for the next few months. I don't know. That's a lot of weight to put on the thought that
1: it is, but but let let's let's talk on the other side. And I think I, I I'm not a big fan uh, of the show. Um I do see quotes of it online. But Bully Ray, I believe it was Bully Ray or Bubba Ray, whatever whatever he's going by now. I think. I think it was him. If I'm not, I, I will definitely apologize and add him and say, hey, man, I was, I was putting words in your mouth. He or someone who has been in the business for a long time, who whether you like him or not, you've got to respect their opinion because he was involved in with in, you know he's main part of the Dudleys. The Usos are the complete package and are the best tag team in WWE history. Would you agree with that? Or yeah, could you I make would. that argument? They would. Okay.
0: Yeah, I would. they because
1: this- they've had their vices. We 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 know what's happened. You know, a lot of people have. I'm not talking about what's happening on the personal side. I'm talking about what happens on Mondays, Fridays, and on the Peacock app, pay-per-views. Right? Wh- what we saw on Friday night was just you don't know what what some of these wrestlers are capable of. Uh,
0: and that, that, see, where you're going is a great is a great point too, right? Because right. What's what's to say that after Roman Reigns, Jimmy or Jay Uso couldn't go on and have matches with Sammy and KO, right, in, like, one-on-one feuds with some of these guys? And may- maybe they could. You're right because I didn't think before this that the Usos even would have had this in them. Like, there were teases of this, right, when they sure, would come sure. out and cut their promos sometimes. And
1: that's why we thought probably they were teasing it because they probably didn't want to do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, yeah, like little things, or maybe they weren't as comfortable. But you know, it, they we don't ever see tag teams in this type of a storyline. No, this type no. of a main event storyline where you're having to do this much acting, reacting.
1: I mean, seriously, go back and look the the tag teams. I, I mean, do you ever remember this situation? No. It, look, there's some great tag series. And matches the greatest of all time to be involved, and man, you know there was some good loser leave town rock and roll experience yeah, in, in midnight, the, ter- if the territories. Rock and roll win. Yeah, you got the, the road warriors win. involved
0: in stuff here
1: and there, yeah, right? And you get Cornette for five minutes after the match if you win. That that that's in ring stuff, but this is not the first time they've done this. Remember, over the last couple of weeks, they've been doing things. I mean, we've had not one or two super kicks, and you see tears in their eyes when they do this. Just this, 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 this doesn't come overnight, man. These, no, man. What, this what is, they're doing is really, really special. Really special.
0: Just incredible stuff, and they're as good as you will find in ring. And now they've raised their outside of the ring work to a whole nother level. Shout out to the Usos; they have been incredible. And, uh, yeah, SmackDown was all about them again. And now we're going to see that match with the Usos against Roman and Solo. That will be an absolute blast. We had a tag team gauntlet match. I got to say, I hated this. I hate (laughs) this reminded me of the old Survivor Series when you'd have, you know, everybody would need to get eliminated. And then all of a sudden, for some reason, a clothesline pins somebody. Right, like just because they got to get everybody eliminated, it's like what? This is nothing. You never see teams lose like this or people lose like this. And this gauntlet match, like I just didn't like the Street Profits losing pretty quickly. Um, I didn't. That sort of bothered me. I thought you know you got rid of Gallows and Anderson kind of quickly. I just felt like they went through a lot of their tag division that they could have you know built up a little bit. Poor Hit Row.
1: Oh, Yikes.
0: <laughs> they're just.
1: This is a, that must be a rib. Or it something. is. They just. It is. They get no bones. They get no bones
0: thrown. None.
1: Them. But um. But I thought it the, was a fun. I thought it was a good fun opening match. But I agree. Um. Like I like talent. Do you have? They shouldn't be losing in certain certain ways. You're gonna beat somebody. You know, beat somebody.
0: Right. It was. It was fun, and they've done a good job with the gauntlet matches before. I just thought it was too. The timing of it was too quick. The way they went through it. The right team. Comes out on top though pretty deadly sure, sure, I think they're sure. the team that you want to To build the most and so They're they're going to have a match with Sammy and with KO uh,
1: and look let me Tell you something it, it people may May not be seeing it now but I Think this pretty deadly team is is, And I hate to use the pun but I think they're going to be pretty special They're stars I like them in NXT I, I look I'm a mark For t- for good tag teams I, I grew up as I mentioned The Rock and Roll Express Midnight Express Three Birds, the Von Erics, Road Warriors, whatever you want to call them, Legion of Doom. I, I'm just a sucker for, you know, the Fantastics, uh, the Rock. I, I've just been a sucker for good tag teams. And when they came to NXT, when they came over to NXT, I thought, OK, I, I can get behind these guys. And I was a little concerned when they got drafted. But I think they're building something here. I'm not saying they're going to beat Sami and KO but they're going to be here for a while and they're going to be really fun to follow.
0: And they have they'll have even more to do on the main roster because of how good they are on the mic and how funny oh, they the are. The like,
1: about them, the flair about them is really really good.
0: They're going to get over uh, they really are. We had Zelina pick up a, a quick win. That was because of distraction. EO and and Bailey were distracted and then what ended up happening later in the in the night EO agreed that Bailey was going to put up her shot um, in the money in the bank against Shotzi. So that's going to happen next week. And do you, do you think Shotzi beats Bailey and get, and gets that spot?
1: Well, I'm 50, 50 on this. Cause I think I know where we're going Bailey versus EO. And if that's the way we're going, either she's going to cause her to lose this match and not get her shot. And we'll get that match at money in the bank, or she's going to cause Bailey to not win the money in the bank so either way I, I'm for it I, I don't have a problem With either way because I think we can get a really Good match and some fun series with Bailey And EO
0: And positive and negative to, uh, to End the night for me We had positive I did like I thought the interaction between Bianca and Charlotte Was good I like I like the way Bianca was you know she's Coming off she's not like a heel yet but she's Just coming off like a real person you know she's Reacting how Somebody would be frustrated, feeling like they've been been screwed over. And I'm really looking forward to to those two. That was a positive. The one thing I don't like, though, and, and again, I, I've said it, like they're just throwing Grayson Waller out there as like a, <laughs> yeah. a like yeah. generic guy. He doesn't even do anything. He's not showing any personality whatsoever. It's like if they had Byron Saxton out there. That's like, yeah, like it's it, what they're having him do. It's really weird.
1: At least when the Miz was doing this, he was taking bumps after each uh, Miz
0: TV, right? And he interrupts you know the, people, right? Yeah, and he tell he won't let them talk, and then you, you always know. know. And
1: then we'll get a match the following week, even though he's going to mm-hmm. lose. But we're not even getting that. And look, this was the guy that we thought was ready for the big run. And man, they sure are taking it slow with him. I agree. I I don't. I, I enjoyed Bianca and Charlotte here. I really did. I thought this was a really good interaction with them two. Um, for Grayson Waller, though, I I don't want him to be stuck in this type of. This guy doesn't need to be announcing anything. He's he's too good in ring to to keep out. But you know, maybe don't they don't have, have anything for him right now. I, know, I don't so know. It's
0: weird. Then, like, why bring him up and I, I on TV? Just like, right? Because it's just wait for like, especially the first thing for someone, like. Have that first thing ready because you can only you know you only get that first impression once, you know, and so now he's like, Oh, okay. He just seems like he's there, he doesn't stand out at all. Uh, Cross and Scarlet picked up a quick win over Meechin and Styles. What just do you think a, about this? What do you think about this? I don't know. It is felt this, weird. Is it, believable? it felt just, like I... AJ feels like he fell quite hard <laughs> from where he just was in that title match, right? <laughs> Like, I mean, he's, just...
1: he's 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 telling uh he's telling Scarlett that he's married during a match. You know? Oh I know. The old, funny. you know Jezebel, the, uh, you know. I, I just look. I'm all for pushing Carry and Cross. I am. I, I really am. But I, I just I don't know. I, I don't know if I like this. I, well, I do know. I I don't like it. Like, yeah. I just don't.
0: It's he, not good. He hasn't connected, and now you're like AJ, just picking up L's. And you're forcing
1: not, him over AJ And that's not That's that's not a way to get him over If you want to get him over, I would turn him face I, I'd turn the guy face and and, and With her and I Just, you know, let them rock and roll I, I just, I did not like this at all At all
0: So uh, another Really good episode of Smackdown That ended with the Usos And the Bloodline And we're getting to see Jimmy and Jay just oh, let, let, me
1: let me ask you this. Uh, LA night was super over, and we're going to talk about him here because he shows up on Monday night. What did you think about Santos going over him in about two minutes?
0: The only time it doesn't bother me is right before the Money in the Bank because okay. they do this a lot with a lot of guys because they just try to get everybody to have different matchups before they're in the Money in the Bank match. I, I didn't, lo- I don't love it, right? I didn't it didn't bother me as much though, because it wasn't like a clean, there was a lot going on. He was trying to cheat. He knocked his hand off the ropes, but I, man, as we kind of moved to Monday and let's talk about him again right now, dude, he comes out on Monday night and he is when everyone else comes out, that's when you notice it, right? Right. Because, you know, everybody comes out and gets a cheer. Hey, everybody cheers for them. But then when, when they all come out one after the next and LA night, Is getting cheered over everyone Freaking Seth Rollins Is like Talking to NXT After he wins A a championship match (laughs) (laughs) And they're telling LA Knight You know it's just Man And you know what he acknowledged it
1: though right
0: Yeah he did he He laughed at it it. Yeah. Yeah he loved it he smiled This guy is over Coop And we see him on He popped up on Monday Night Raw because they're building to uh, the money in the bank match and now we find out that Logan Paul is also going to be a part of that money in the bank match so that I, I immediately, immediately
1: immediately alerted me and I said this guy's going to win it isn't he right <laughs> uh, he, I think he's in the situation for
0: you to believe that me too and I think in in a heel way I hope it's it's I would love to see and I, if I don't know if if they think he's big enough for this but I would love to see this lead to a one-on-one match with him and Ricochet, it, 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 to, to, like, elevate Ricochet. Um, that would be awesome. That would be, like, a huge match for him. Those two guys could have a couple spots that would be, like, steal the show at SummerSlam or, at you know, at, you know, like, one of the big shows coming up. I would love to see that. And just looking at the way the field is now, it feels like Damian Priest and, and L.A. Knight would make the most sense, right?
1: Yeah, I, I liked when what's his uh, when Butch, whatever you want to call him, Pete. He Dunn just came walked out. straight
0: down to the ring, didn't say a word.
1: Well, well, he said, "Well, he's I don't even know who you are."
0: Who is now, that? They're, that, they're that was so about... funny. I love that. That was a good line. That, that was a good segment line. was great. It was, Logan was good it was on there. Really and good. Everybody coming out individually was really good, and I uh, I'm excited for that match because oh, whoever yeah. it is, it's it's very fresh. Any of those guys are really fresh
1: i agree i i think this is uh this could it might be this definitely could be the main event i'm I'm sure it will be the roman tag but i can tell you this this is how you build matches and get people really really invested for this pay-per-view if this was the only match on this and you didn't have the peacock app you would get the peacock app to watch this match absolutely I mean, it's solid i mean you can make a case for everyone and we will when we get closer, right? I, I, I just, I mean, there's several different ways you could go with this.
0: We were, we weren't sure what they were going to do with Seth Rollins because we knew that Seth had announced an open challenge on Monday. Tuesday, he was defending the title against Braun Breaker, and then he's got Finn Balor coming up. I, I will say, I don't, I still don't think Finn Balor is beating Seth Rollins or anything. But in the last one week, just since. A week, a week and a half ago on Monday when Finn was standing in the ring with Seth and he couldn't talk because everybody was, oh, (laughs) since then, they've made Finn look credible, I think, by the post-match attack, the pre-match attack showing up at NXT. I think that has helped put more into this feud and make it seem like an actual big match for a world title. I still don't think he's going to win. But again, I think they've done a pretty good job with Finn, about as best as they could in the last week or so.
1: Yeah, and you and I both talked uh, last week how we thought Seth and Braun uh, on NXT would be, and I, either you or I—I I can't remember—but it was brought up that we thought Finn would be involved, and he did. And I think it was—I think it was a good choice. He was involved with makes it all, and it and it really makes Finn look strong because they're going to put on a hell of a match. They are.
0: And this was a big part of Raw, and then on uh, NXT, we'll just kind of briefly touch on NXT when we finish up with Raw. But that was that was really good, and I I give them credit because they've made Finn, who felt really cold about a week and a half or two ago, feel like he has an outside chance here, and maybe at the very least a chance to soften up Seth, so someone can come and cash that money in the bank. In. I could very I could see that happening. Seth gets a win after Finn is mad. He beats him up. JD McDonough comes out there. They're both beating up Seth. And then, you know, here comes whoever wins the Money in the Bank to cash it in. That's always what's fun about Money in the Bank is the way that they lay out the matches. You start thinking like, okay, okay, <laughs> Money in the Bank's first. Someone's going to have this briefcase, and then they'll have the the whole night uh, to like cash it, it in. Do you
1: like out, or, or do you think it's a better pop if somebody cashes it in and wins the world title that night?
0: No, I think it's got to be a different night. I don't okay. like it when it's okay. that night. I mean, in, if you have a very specific story for that night, great. But man, the, I love when they can tease it three or four times. You know, yeah. like just I agree w- when they come down to the ring and then they get the money. Like, oh, and the ref's gonna do it, and then someone just you know lays them out and they can't do it. I I, I get they, a kick out of the that. They pull the
1: briefcase back. You know, I yeah. like when the when the briefcase holder and the ref both no 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 they wave their finger. <laughs>
0: I love that, I love yeah, it. that's good So uh, we were in Cleveland For Monday Night Raw And because uh, Seth got attacked before the Open Challenge There was no Open Challenge And The Miz comes out and says He was going to gonna accept the Open Challenge Now he's offering one And Tommaso Ciampa accepted And uh, we haven't seen Ciampa In about 8 months He showed up looking fantastic He got a good response, a good uh, reaction And he ends up Getting a win over The Miz, he now looks like he's a babyface So he's someone that was you kind of forget about And then you forget about how big a deal he was in NXT for a long period of time And how many big matches he had They haven't been able to really figure it out with him on the main roster But damn, like if you could just throw him and Gargano together Either in a feud or in a tag team match You feel like it would have to have some legs, right?
1: Were you disappointed this was not Johnny G in his hometown of Cleveland? It's
0: a great point. Or were point. you okay with this? Yeah, you're right. That's a good point. I didn't even think about that. But I think I a lot of
1: people expected
0: it to be Johnny G because they kind of teased that he would be, you know,
1: he's he, he's returning. But, uh, I, you know, it, it's it's easy to, to sit back here and nitpick things.
0: Especially it's, after the fact, right? At, yeah.
1: Especially after the fact. Um, I, I think it was a good choice. So I think, you know, Johnny G would have been a good choice. Yeah, I say, think oh, were... he's not going over, you know, but it was good.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think it would have. Uh, I think either was fine, but I had no problem with that. We uh, we're finding out that Kevin Owens has a rage problem. Coop. So uh, KO, <laughs> K.O. might have to be going to some. Uh, yeah, to some therapy soon um, as uh, they, they that was one of the, the jokes throughout the night. Something you and I love. Crazy Karen Chelsea Green. They've got (laughs) videos of her melting down in public all over the place. This is a great way to keep her character going. This is stuff she can do all throughout the week and stuff on social media. Man, I thought this was great. They got her, what, in traffic, getting out of the car. She's going in the drive-thru at places where they got her food wrong. This was so good. So good.
1: She's, uh, You know, we we were kind of worried. You know where this was going. They they you know, they I, I think it's okay for for them to to her to keep losing because this is her character. We want to see that caring character get beat up every week. And she's so good at what she does. She just needed that platform to do it. And she she's becoming a I always knew it, but she's becoming a a national star uh she in is. the WWE. And she's gonna be around for a while. She can wrestle, she's really good on the mic. She's, you know, it's just some of the things they do. I'm really, really glad that they show because, uh, you know, some of the things that they do on social media, you don't hear about it on and WWE great. television.
0: And they're great sometimes, like the the videos, the post match stuff. This was good, and it was it's good. Chance and Carter get a chance to pick up a win for them, and and while losing, Chelsea gets more over with her character. You have uh, Indu Shear pick up a. Just a squash, so they're looking like they're setting them up for, uh, you know, maybe a Sammy and Ko match at at some point soon. Um, WWE is going to India in September, I believe.
1: Yep. Maybe
0: we could see that happening. In Did uh...
1: you see them getting the tag titles?
0: I don't. Not yet. Okay. But but talk back to me. I'm not. I'm I'm not saying no for sure. I'm I'm still in the middle. Like. WWE has done this plenty of times where they put some big guys together and then they just have them beat somebody, right? And then you're like, "Oh crap!" They just, you know, we, we've seen this happen. Um, they have gender there also, so it could be, you know, there could be some cheating involved. And if they want to get the belts off Sammy and KO and and get those guys back into single stuff, I, I, they they are as credible, I guess, as any other teams right now that are out there. So um, I, I just I don't know. I don't know if these guys can go 15 or 20 in a legit tag match. And I don't know if they're going to have to, but. um,
1: And that's what limits, you know, bigger wrestlers like that. You know, we never saw the, what, natural disasters, you know, have to go 15 or 20.
0: It's a good point. Just a different dynamic. Sure. We uh, talked about the segment with all the money in the bank guys. Ricochet comes out, Nakamura, LA Knight, um, Santos, and then Butch. Uh, and like you said, <laughs> Logan says, "I don't even know who this guy is." And he just walks <laughs> straight out and just attacks him. So, uh, fun setup segment there for Money in the Bank. Riddle got to win uh, over Ludwig Kaiser just to get. Man, that Riddle. was a good
1: match. That was a good match.
0: And you got to imagine that it's gonna be Riddle versus versus Gunther, right? Because post match, yeah, Gunther and you, called, you
1: called that a couple of weeks ago. You know, one thing I was also noticing throughout Raw, it seems as if. Sammy is trying to keep Kevin Owens, uh, from blowing up on everything. Mm -hmm. Right. And I, I think this is, uh, we're, we're kind of setting the tone that Kevin's going to be the hothead here and, uh, something will eventually happen here between these two or something happens and Kevin's going to explode. And I think that's how we'll get Kevin and Sammy, but these two tell a great story all the time, but I just thought it was neat. To see the see them in a lot of segments on raw and kevin is constantly having being told to settle down he don't like riddle you know he don't like doing this um just curious to see you know we we see them in a lot of six man with riddle or with someone else and i'm not complaining because they put on you know they they put on fantastic matches but i you know where they're going with this looks like that kevin could be the heel here when he turns because he's such man he plays such a good heel.
0: Uh, Quick match, uh, Eric and Ivar, the Viking Raiders, pick up a win over Gable and Otis. It's kind of a story they're telling with with Gable and Otis there and uh and Gable and Otis and Dupree versus the Viking Raiders and Valhalla, which we're we're getting that soon, right? Did they mention that or
1: yeah, I hope
0: we were then getting some sort of a story or an angle with Natalia. She. <laughs> She was Poor saying that she wants to get a second chance against Rhea, and then Rhea just crushes her. They don't even have a match; <laughs> just just destroys her. I and then there's like a a little bit of a standoff between Rhea and Raquel.
1: And I think that's where we're going. But what's
0: crazy is Raquel
1: is losing these matches that she I shouldn't know. be
0: losing. It, it's another instance where I if you should not Wasn't have Becky put Raquel. involved.
1: Right? Becky got involved. Was like my bad. My bad.
0: So it was a, it was Trish versus Raquel for the money in the bank qualifying match. That's it. That's what right. And when okay. Becky I'll, I'll came to get in, in when Becky came to get involved, she went after Trish and it or she went after Trish and it actually had Trish win the match because she attacked Trish so Trish ends up winning by DQ. So it's a way to keep Ra- uh, Raquel strong, but I just don't think you need to put her in that match, right? If she's not going to win. Have her win a win a number one contenders match just to be the one that face Rhea. I think that's what it should be, right? We should have Rhea yeah, versus Raquel coming up next. Yeah, I agree. And,
1: it, and I think, and I think it, that's the, the way they're going, but I just hate the way we get there.
0: And it, it shouldn't be Raquel winning. It should be Rhea winning. But Raquel should look good in this match. She should look strong. She should look like a baby face that maybe could beat Rhea, but Rhea maybe has to cheat or do something a little dastardly. To get by her there shouldn't be many that, that sort of are on the level with Rhea but I think Raquel is someone that you do want to keep strong for the future because she feels like one of these newer call ups that I don't think she's been damaged much yet like I think she still has some, some good upside there
1: I agree I totally agree and she's got the size to face off with Rhea you know they're, they're both got these big broad shoulders and uh, they need a
0: I, different I, look I, yeah, a different style it'll be, match.
1: It'll be a fun match.
0: Yeah, over on NXT, Coop. It was NXT Gold Rush, and on NXT Gold Rush, we saw Seth freaking Rollins defend the World Heavyweight Championship against Braun Breaker. The match was great. Those guys put on a, a really really solid match on Tuesday, and it was so cool hearing that NXT crowd. Reacting and singing So NXT It's just crazy
1: to see a world champion go down With the world title Would you ever think that Roman would go down to NXT? Absolutely (laughs) So I mean again This is why it was perfect for Seth Rollins I'm not saying Cody wouldn't have done it But I just This is where Seth Rollins started right? I mean, He was there, it was FCW, I think, in Florida. And then they eventually he was the first,
0: NXT. he was the first champ. He beat Jinder in the yeah. tournament.
1: There you go. So, I, I just think it was man to, for him to come full circle and come back and uh and off the air, cut that promo and be able to see it on social media was uh, what look when WWE does things right, they really do things right, and you can feel it. And th- this, this was the right thing to do, and I, I just you wouldn't think that a world title would be defended on NXT from a guy who just a couple of weeks ago lost or months ago lost the NXT championship. And this guy is out here calling out people. He got a pop on Raw backstage, Braun. Braun did. You know, I think he uses a little too much spray tan. I think you, Gino, you need to learn, tell
0: him to uh, just come out. Just come out to SoCal, man, and just lay outside yeah, for a little bit. How, you don't hey, need this to go. this is how
1: we do it on, you know, this is how I used to do it on TV. Use this and that. <laughs> I, I think he needs to. Cut Back on those spray tans, a little, little orangey, Him yeah. Him and Matt Cardona are king of spray
0: tans. Little <laughs> Oompa Loompa look is what they got going on <laughs> here. Um, the uh, the I think I skipped just over the end of Raw, but but, but like the oh, storyline,
1: right, yeah, was, was great. Stupid, good, holy crap.
0: And the story was, can Cody find partners to face the judgment day? And well, so, yeah. Cody was looking all over at one point. It, it was maybe Akira Tozawa. And then uh, it ended up being Sammy and KO. Um, very solid, like solid SmackDown, really solid Raw. And we have, as we headed uh, into NXT and we'll continue talking about it, I think we have five matches carded right now for Money in the Bank the men's, women's, Money in the Bank, Cody versus Dominic, Seth versus Finn, and the Bloodline Civil War tag team Ooh. match. So, that's a strong card. You'd have to imagine you'll get Gunther added on there somewhere. Oh yeah, and maybe yeah. even a Theory, Sheamus. I could see something in that range. Um, good, good, uh, good card on paper. Even talked about the uh, the possibility of the the tag team at, titles being defended. That's going to be a eight.
1: loaded Money in the Bank, and that's another early starter, right? Yeah, that's is it a. Over, is it overseas? Yeah.
0: hmm yeah, Money in the Bank keep... is in the UK. Yeah, and in London. We keep, right?
1: hear, we keep hearing that uh Drew McIntyre, uh this could be a, a spot where he returns uh that night. I'm not saying he's involved in the money in the bank match itself, but he returns and uh I, I keep hearing it, and I think you keep reading and hearing it too, that that Randy Orton is ready soon. So uh, those will be two really good additions to get back uh, here in the
0: WWE. So that's actually next weekend, July the 1st, oh, next, okay. next Saturday. So, yeah, wow. Lond- London, England, the O2 Arena. We'll be talking all about that next week. Um, yeah, big, big few weeks ahead. Man, just got to give it up to Wesley. The guy just continues to oh, put man. on. good match. On. Great match. His character is good. Um it was Ollie smacking both guys when he was the referee. That was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, both guys were gonna get counted out, and he smacked them both in the face, and uh, and then got him back in the ring. West picks up the win there uh, to open the show. We, uh, I don't, I don't really love where they've gone recently with Gigi. I didn't, I like the. I like that the fact that they're trying something with her. She just feels like she's cooled off a little bit from where she was a few weeks ago. This kind of seems like something that is her, is maybe her idea, though, or something that she likes talking about the art and her background and everything. <laughs> what was the, one of the things that what, crack is whack that she went by that they went by? <laughs> with the murals. I was laughing at that. What do you think? We've both been fans of Gigi. How do you think she's she kind of feels right now?
1: Yeah. You know, she you know it, it's it's uh, she's cooled off i mean when she got kicked in the face and kicked through the door uh she was really really hot um and she's cooled off a little bit uh, i i don't know i don't know what to think because i'm such a big fan of hers i uh you know i think she probably deserves the spot in that next contention with tiffany stratton um I, I just I don't like what they're doing here with her. I, I don't like pre-recorded interviews. You know, I, I'm happy that she's on TV, but she needs to get, she needs to be involved a little bit more. I, yeah, I just yeah. think she needs to get out of this feud and 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 try something else. I don't know, because she's so good at everything she does. And I think the fans are behind her, too.
0: It's weird because about two months ago, it felt like there were five women all at the same time that were like almost all red hot. You know, you had um, Roxanne was in a pretty good spot. You had Gigi in a really good spot. You had, you know, you felt like Sol Ruka and Nikita weren't that far off and all were right there. And now kind of all of them have cooled a little, you know, and the two of them are hurt. A couple of them got hurt, so it's not their fault. They're injured. Well,
1: you have Roxanne, what? She's in a storyline with Davenport now, you know, and Cora Jade and, you know, Dana Brooke are in a storyline. That was interesting.
0: I actually uh, thought that Dana did pretty well. Like, Dana sold well um, yeah. there. Like, she's the performance part of it. I thought Dana did really well. And I, I, I it's kind of funny because as a lot of the female wrestlers on, the, on NXT feel like they're not quite as over right now as they may have been at one point. Someone who is is freaking Thea Hale, man. She <laughs> is like, the crowd loves her. She's so good at playing this young up and coming character. I love it when they mention that she just graduated high school and like Drew Gulak and, and Dempsey are like, what what? Just graduated high school? They they couldn't even believe it. It was pretty funny. Um I, I gotta give a shout out to her, man. She's doing really, really g- great stuff. And like we've always loved Chase You, It's a fun, feel good gimmick. We gotta have uh Andre Chase showing up next week, right? To be <laughs> yeah, there for her. Yeah
1: too. Yeah. Yeah, we've got to, because, I mean, look, he started the freaking university. He's the dean of all, and the president of all things. Come on, and the athletic director, all rolled into one. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, you know, we talked about Thea last week. We we thought it was a good choice for her to to win the match, to become the number one contender. Um, And it's somebody you can get behind in the match with Tiffany Stratton,
0: you know? And Stratton, you can, like, you can just tell with her, she's got some, she's just so young, too. Right yeah. like yeah. for as incredible That she as she is she has Some some weak spots I think we're Finding out one of the things that they They at least think is a weak spot with her Is a cutting live promos Yeah because yeah. they they do A lot of her stuff in the back Or pre-taped and they don't Have her out in the ring cutting as Much so that's so, probably something that she'll get With time, operation. yeah More and yeah. more um and you know what? That's smart.
1: If you can't do it, don't go out there and sacrifice them for it,
0: dude. I, we I applaud them when Tony Khan does it on AEW. Why would? you? Don't put Tony Khan out there in the ring if they they start chanting CM Punk or something and he gets <laughs> like rattled. Like, don't oh even, yeah. Don't you like
1: talk about you talk about just destroying someone's confidence.
0: And you don't want to be in that situation. So uh, like have no, make no, sure no. that he you get out what you want to get out when you have the opportunity to do it. Do it that way. For sure, the um, where do we go next? Oh, you know what? I kind of like what we've been doing with these tag teams a little bit. I, li- I like this match. I like. We, it. I thought the match was really good, and I like the angle with all these teams that they were against each other, but now they're they're buddies again. Uh, Briggs and Jensen versus Anofe and Blade versus Walker and Ledger, and we had Anofe and Blade win. It was a good match. I thought the in ring was really really solid. And I now feel between these three, Gallus, the Creed brothers, and then Tony and Stax are probably going to be soon. All of a sudden now, I feel a little bit better about this tag division. Yes. And it's funny because it's like a week-to-week thing. Yeah, like, because a couple of weeks ago, we
1: were like, we're, the Creed uh-oh. brothers are losing. You know, mama Maria, Neon Moon, they, they're not doing anything. We're just stuck with the dyad.
0: But was, we got to get was match. it was it was really good. It was really good. A um, couple other quick things to mention. I love when they do this. Like This is what happens when John Cena shows up on Raw. He goes and gives a rub to like a bunch of different guys on the roster. And that's what they were doing with Seth Rollins. Seth was talking with Carmelo and Trick. Seth goes in the back and Nathan Frazier walks up to him. Um, Seth actually trained him. Nathan Frazier was a wrestler at Seth Rollins' school a few years ago. So okay. Okay. Um, so that's, that's why they had a little uh, a little backstage interaction here, um, just to kind of help build up Frazier a little bit more, who was walking around with the Heritage Cup. They joked about how he has to walk around with that thing all the time. Um, so I, I think that's a cool and a really good use of your stars when they show up. Have them get two or three other guys over. They don't have to be in the ring to put everyone over. But just Seth interacting with him, having a little handshake. And I didn't know that Seth trained him. But now all no. of a sudden I know that. Sure. And now you know that. And now some people that are listening to this know that. And now we know a little <laughs> bit more about Nathan <laughs> Frazier. You yeah. know? um, yeah. I will say my, my favorite thing. I'm not even kidding. The best thing on this show. One of my favorite things all week was what we saw with Vaughn Wagner. Yeah.
1: It was really good.
0: It, it was, was incredible. Really,
1: that was a, you you find out when you it was it was, it was touching, man. And they, this they, is what you do to people, right? This is what you got to do.
0: Vaughn Wagner has been someone that you and I from the beginning have been saying, Hate
1: it. "Hate it, What
0: the hell? This guy is so bland. He has nothing. He's just like a big guy.
1: He set and, off Kyle O'Reilly.
0: Yeah, <laughs> he, he he. We didn't know anything about him. And that, and what's funny is that was the that was the storyline that that Robert Robbie Stark was or uh, um, Robbie E. What I always want to call him Robbie E. From uh, old uh, old TNA days. But that's what he was trying to get old out Robert of him Stone, was Oh,
1: Robert Stone.
0: Robbie Stone, yeah, is that we uh, we didn't know anything about Von Wagner. Who are you? People don't care about you. That's what he said. People don't care about you. And watching now hearing the story of a 15-month-old kid who had to have a 14-hour surgery on his head, didn't know if he would survive. They had to fix his skull and pull his face down. He was in intensive care for a week. His dad was working at that point to pay the bills. His dad was a part of the Beverly Brothers in the WWE. So he's a little baby at home. His mom's taking care of him. And as he grows up, He's sort of a little deformed, especially as he's a, a child with with the surgeries to his skull, so his head looks different than a lot of the other kids. They make fun of him.
1: Oh and yeah, how, remember? I, I look, I was causing, uh, calling him, him the uh, frozen. Ca- what was that? the caveman a- from we were, we were
0: joking about, it. and now yeah, we were, because no clue. you could see, you could see something. His head was big, or sh- and and he got picked it, on during school. And it's, it's like a full circle story Because it all makes sense to you Because for this guy Growing up You get picked on You get told you're a loser To the point where you become mad and angry Right? And And then you just take it out on other people So you become the bully And now you pull it back a little bit This is like a full story A full circle story for this guy And all these people on Tuesday After the show were like I want to root for Von Wagner now. Like I want to yeah. see him do well. I guarantee you, on Tuesday when he shows back up, the cr- the place is going to go nuts for him. Is he to be? Is, he's got to be a baby face. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, he's got to be a baby face, and it looks like they were teasing something with DiJack with yeah. him. Yeah. And the the thing about him now, what they've been doing is they've been having him stand like step in when people are picking on, um, on uh, on Robert Stone. Yeah. And yeah. So n- that's a. That's a great way to get people behind you. How, how many how many guys through the years, Chad, did babyface turns because they ran in to save somebody, right? Or, like, that's how we would always see them through the years. The good guys are getting beat up by the bad guys, and then, oh, no. Oh, he's coming back to save them. You know, like, you see them come out there. That's – I, it kind of gives me goosebumps to talk about because when we saw this guy a few years ago, we were just so out on him. So yeah, he, loud. Was,
1: he was on a road to nowhere Let's just be honest uh, You know he got drafted Or was called an undrafted free agent Or whatever and people laughed at it And we were like man what, what are they doing With this guy you know he was the guy That buried Kyle O'Reilly To AEW in his last match um, I, It just yeah I mean we were all making fun of him Because we had no clue And I don't know whose idea This was to do it Maybe it was his, maybe it was WD, maybe it was both. But you talk about a home run. That was a home run on Tuesday night.
0: Really, really good stuff. Um man, I, I hope I'm not I hope this is going to be as big for him as I think it is. Because I feel like this could have just changed the whole trajectory of this guy's career now. Like, I really do. If people are getting behind him, he could be this lovable big guy. And like we said, even if he himself isn't the most entertaining person in the world, if you pair him with the lovable loser that can talk for him and that they could have this sort of odd couple fun relationship, this that's a main roster gimmick. Like, oh, yeah. those two together, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm really pumped for Von Wagner. And I will say, I thought... I thought Corbin cut a really good promo, and I thought Carmelo did too, and their little face-to-face was very, very good. Now, all of a sudden, I'm a lot more interested in this than I was seeing these two guys a few weeks ago. I legitimately think Corbin could win this thing. I I really do.
1: I do too, especially with him losing in a squash last week on – was that SmackDown or was that Raw? Raw, right? Oh well, no! I
0: think was Smack was it Smackdown? SmackDown. I think it was SmackDown. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Regardless. The Butch. Yeah. Especially now. Especially now. And there's nothing wrong with that, though. They're not burying anyone. Burying anyone when you do it.
0: Corbin was in NXT and was like a main eventer in NXT. He just didn't win the title, but he was in a lot of big matches, had a lot of big wins. This guy has been a, a, like a. Whether or not he's always been a main eventer on the on the uh, main roster, he's had a lot of TV time as soon as he's been up they've always had plans for him this would not bother felt, me at it, all if he no, won
1: and it felt like Hayes was like kind of the heel here he was the one making fun of Corbin you know he I think he joked about him being cut from the Arizona Cardinals people a lot of people don't know that or may forget that Corbin uh was involved in the NFL uh, you know um he talked about him having you know all this money and all this stuff so it was a little heel promo and i kind of you know i'm a Corbin guy anyway I wouldn't mind I wouldn't mind Corbin winning this title. I actually think it'd be pretty cool. Look, we know Hayes is, look, him losing the title to Baron Corbin is not going to hurt him at all. Do I expect Corbin to win? No. But I could see it, and I think it would be good for the guy. I think it would help Corbin more to win the title than than Carmella retaining. I like, it? I, 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 I'd like to see Corbin an NXT champion.
0: I completely cool. agree Then you could even go back to Corbin Dragonoff. He beat oh, Dragonoff yeah. in a match yeah. the other day That was pretty good And you could have You could tell that story there um, There's a lot of fun Kind of smaller baby faces That would have good matches with Corbin The dynamic would be a lot of fun Like seeing like a Corbin and a Wesley That would be a blast too Oh that would be good um, Lash Legend and Jakara Jackson A new tag team they put together They just let them pick up a squash and uh, we have a kidnapping, another kidnapping. Oh, it's our guy Stacks. He threw him in the trunk, and he drove <laughs> off, and he drove off. So uh, so I love what they're doing there with Stax and with Tony D. Next week on NXT Gold Rush, Carmelo Hayes versus Baron Corbin, Tiffany Stratton versus Tia Hale, Gigi Dolan versus Kiana James, Gallus versus Anofe and Malik Blade. In the NXT Heritage Cup match, Nathan Frazier versus Dragon Lee. We then had the main event, Seth versus Braun. It was awesome. Really good match. And uh, following that 17-minute match, Balor, in her, uh, Balor attacks. But I did like that. It, I, I thought it was good that it was clean. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. that Finn came in after because it wasn't like Seth couldn't get by Braun. He's the guy on the main roster. Seth should beat Braun clean. That doesn't hurt Braun. Yes. Like we said.
1: No, no, not at all. Not at Doesn't all. And I, and I agree too, because that would have made Seth look weak if Finn would have packed pre-match.
0: I yeah, I, I think so too. I think they they told that story right. Chad, as we finish up before we let you go, I I feel like the only thing I missed was ah uh, was one thing, but am I gonna see you on Raw Underground next week or what's going on there? <laughs> right? Oh
1: boy, I'm glad That's- you thought about that. Oh, man.
0: Eddie Thorpe, David Kemp, we're getting raw underground. Is is, Jay McMahon going to come? Be Is he going to come willing on a little scooter, right? (laughs) Omos. With him and Omos. That was so funny. They're watching (laughs) it on their phones. Raw underground. I love it. (laughs) Man, we had a ton to talk about this week. We have a ton to talk about again next week. So much ground to cover each and every week here on this week in wrestling with Chad Cooper. Thank you so much, buddy. Again, uh, we, uh yeah, we even had another show to talk about this week with collision. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we'll be talking next week about forbidden door. We'll see how Collision's second episode was, and we'll preview money in the bank. What do you have coming up this week? And any, any big fun plans for you? No, a
1: little low, low key action here. I'll, I'll get cranked up again next week uh, with some more concert stuff. Last week I had uh three or four late nights. Uh, so a low key weekend. I'm going to see some Brian McKnight this weekend and One, take
0: pictures. <laughs> you're like a dream come true. Is that that's him, right? That's yeah, it, right? Even
1: if you don't know Brian McKnight, you know him from Beverly Hills 90210, right? Oh he, yeah. That con, he was. I I don't know if he sang at the prom or someone's wedding, or David and uh, and uh, what's her name's wedding? He, he David was on and an Donna. Of, yeah, he was on an episode or two. Uh, uh-huh. Or two from uh, 90210 But the dude is uh, a lot of people don't know this the Dude's like 6'6 And he can sing he puts on a good show So th- that's what I'm doing uh, You know and just uh, ready for more wrestling here You know work Can't wait for football season So uh, I'm all in on uh, pro wrestling Gino
0: if all things in time. T- now that song's going to be stuck for so long. I love that. I love that. Chad Coop, buddy, you have a great rest of your week, and I'll talk to you next week, man. All right, Gino. Make sure to give Chad a follow at the Chad Cooper on Twitter and on Instagram. Don't go anywhere, folks. Still a lot more to come on this episode of That's What G said. Big thank you to Coopaloop for helping us out again this week, and that'll do it for this episode. We'll have a lot of different things coming up next week. We'll have some basketball coverage. We'll talk about any of the trades happening, what's been going on with the the draft, what the teams look like now. We'll also start to get into some of our NFL division previews. We're going to start going division by division, and we'll take teams, you know, three, four teams at a time or so, and uh, preview each team. With Eric, Secret Invasion just started, so we'll have pre- uh, recaps of the first two episodes of that coming up next weekend we'll continue to get into everything in the world of racing all the big races each and every weekend hope everyone has a good one and good luck this weekend we'll see you back again real soon here on that's what g said